this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. And Lee. Full house this week. Welcome back, Yay. Chris. Hello. So, I think uh, we've, we've got quite a bit to talk about, haven't we? Yeah, uh... considering it was a short race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get round, we'll get round to, uh, to that in a second. Tell you what, as there's Monday news, should we do that first? Go for it. Why not? It, it doesn't happen often. Um, so, the results of the cost cap have um, appeared, and it would appear that there are procedural and overspend breaches. If you had a multi there's been three. Easiest one, Williams. They sent their homework in late. We've right, all yep. done it. Yep. They're getting a fine for that, aren't they? Oh, I thought, been dis- oh I thought it said lines. It? I thought it said lines and detention. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so Jos Capito's got to write on, on, on Stefano Domenicali's chalkboard. I will not be late with my homework. <laughs> Either that or they have to race Latifi for one more year. Oof, could you imagine? Oh, that's no, no, that's cruel and unusual punishment. To be fair, that's probably why they nearly broke the cost cap in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, the next one is Aston Martin, who haven't overspent, but. Um, there were procedural issues. Misinterpreted the rules. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, some may say, fudged the accounts a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, ev- well done it. Everyone's probably being a little <laughs> bit creative with their cost cap accounts. Aston Martin maybe have been a little bit more creative than some, by the sounds of it. Yeah, they, ha- they haven't overspent, and the team is making it very clear that there is no competitive advantage. Um, but it appears to be related to a number of accounting protocols and the result of variations in interpreting the rules, according to Autosport. Which makes me think, are they try- have they put something down in one column that should have been in another and tried not to count something that should have been counted and counted something that shouldn't have been in its place? Maybe. Sounds about right. Um, looks like it's going to be a fine for them. Uh, how will Lauren Stroll pay that? Do fines count towards the cost cap? That is a very good question. And if anybody wants to read the FIA regulations, and then <laughs> if the FIA want to rewrite them just to make them bulletproof... Yeah, could you imagine if you got a fine for your procedural thing when you weren't over the cost cap, and then the fine took you over the cost cap, so then you got another fine? That feels... <laughs> <laughs> that feels like one of those penalties that's just there in something to make to get more money back. <laughs> it's like bank them. charges. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's like when you got to pay interest on your bank charges. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're in debt. Sorry, you owe have money. some more debt. <laughs> <laughs> this will learn, yeah. <laughs> and then we get to Red Bull, um, who have overspent but claim that they haven't, and apparently it's all to do with catering. Uh, yeah. Basically, they're saying that it was the. It's only if you count the catering budget that b- puts the team over budget. But well, depends how you how you add it up, doesn't it? Surely, if you put catering first, then it's not catering putting it over your budget. If you put wings in last, then it was a wing. <laughs> that, 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 what if it? Know. What if it was hot wings? Exactly. Uh, very yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
mediums. So have they have they tried to medium steak? Have they tried to suggest that catering shouldn't be part of salary cap, and then have been told no, you need to put your catering in. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was laughing at that because it's just like. <laughs> I could just imagine it now, like, oh no, it's only because of the burgers, you know, remember that, that race with the burgers? <laughs> the Gerhard burgers. <laughs> Maybe they were. There is a local cafe that sells Gerhard burgers, by the way. Yes, they do, mm-hmm. the, cater- they do the catering in my office. What makes it Austrian is a slice of salami on it. Fantastic. Yeah, the, the, it, it, I'm pretty sure, is it called, it's called the Gerhard burger, isn't it? It is. We, <laughs> we, um, yeah. we, have it the, um, we have it on the Wednesday before every Grand Prix in the office. Oh. In the canteen. Good. Yeah, good. I did suggest for the Super Bowl last year they did the Ben Roethlisberger, but they didn't. Well, he wasn't that's, that's in gone it, over so... my head. Sorry. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they didn't get the... <laughs> he, he was an American football player. Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, Roethlisberger, like <laughs> yeah. rolling on the floor, laughing burger. <laughs> <laughs> that's only if you season it with the the catnip that you've given Jinx tonight. I don't know where she's gone. She's disappeared. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sat in my... If I sound different, and I don't think I do, but if I do, it's because I'm not in my normal pod room. That room is currently out of action. Have you ever spent on it? <laughs> <laughs> Part of my cost cap, I can't use it. Is that where you do the catering? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the kitchen. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I, I'm, I, there's a hundred percent chance that I'm going to be invaded by cat at some point during podcast. I have cat on my lap presently. It's going to be double purring tonight. Lee, quick, grab a pod cat. <laughs> uh, no, he's fucking. They've disappeared. I can stick the microphone in the fish tank if you like. <laughs> just... Probably not whilst it's plugged in. That might be, you know, detrimental I mean, to fish <laughs> and, your, and your health. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, if Red Bull have overspent, um, the potential penalties range from a public reprimand. What is a public reprimand? Is that like, a telling these off? Are very naughty children. <laughs> naughty, <laughs> naughty children. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, the other. Um, so, it's from a public reprimand to a reduction of the next cost cap, seeing as I've already spent half of it, or at uh-huh. least half. But it also could be deduction of constructors' championship points awarded for the championship that took place within the reporting period of the breach, i.e. last season. Uh, deduction of drivers' championship points awarded for the championship that took place within the reporting period of the breach. Dear God, please no, I do not <laughs> want to see the results of that on social media. <laughs> Um, suspension from one or more stages of a competition or competitions excluding for the avoidance of doubt the race itself. So, lose out on practice or qualifying sessions. What? Yeah, excluded from qualifying, that sounds like to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And the other option is limitations on ability to conduct aerodynamic or other testing. So they're going to switch off their wind tunnel. Yeah, or cut down the amount of, um, cut down the amount of CFD um, teraflops they're allowed to use. <laughs> That's computational fluid dynamics for anybody who is not aware of the acronym. And teraflops are processor cycles. For anyone that thinks I'm talking bollocks. Terra flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're crocs. Yeah, they are. 
So any any of those, well, any or all of those things could be um, could be applied to Red Bull after this has gone through the um, usual procedure, which would appear to be either accepting it and probably only getting a slap on the wrist, or appealing it and going on the FIA. There's probably a chance that if Red Bull appeal and don't win the appeal, they will make the punishment even more severe than that, it was going to be handed out. That's usually yeah. how these things go, isn't it? If they can reach a sort yep. of amicable agreement as to what's gone on, it'll be at the lighter end. And if they cause a stink, they'll probably throw the book at them. I think Red Bull have put out a statement, haven't they, where they seem to sort of imply that they're a bit surprised that they're um, getting told off. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. They're, that's what they're saying. I didn't say they are surprised. It's a Vince McMahon <laughs> gulp. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Right, the statement says, We note the findings by the FIA of, quotes, minor overspend breaches of the financial regulations, end quote, with surprising disappointment. Surprise and disappointment. Mmm. Boo. Wah. Surprise. It's really bad news. Oh. <laughs> I, I, hang on a minute. Surprise, surprise and disappointment. It's a fucking Kinder Egg. It's a modern Kinder Egg. Like, kin, like Kinder Eggs fucking 20 years ago were a fucking delight. Yeah, I've got, I've got a Ninja Turtle. It's an actual aluminium figure. Now, it's a wheel. Um, our 2021 submission was below the cost cap limit so we need to carefully review the FIA's findings as our belief remains that the relevant costs are under the 2021 cost cap amount despite the conjecture and positioning of others hello (laughs) uh, there is of course a process under the regulations with the FIA which we will respectfully follow while we consider all the options available to us I've got to admit I thought the conjecture was probably more aimed at like Toto and Bonotto yeah, <laughs> they have been. That's how I they read have that. been the main shit stirrers. But when you think about it, if you take into account playing devil's advocate here, you take into account what Lewis Hamilton said when they were talking about the cost cap and the press briefings on Thursday, when he said, "Look, if, if even if it's like a few hundred thousand over, that could be you know, if we had had that few hundred thousand, like three, I think he said three hundred thousand, we could have made a change to a wing." Or a part of the floor that would have changed the outcome of the championship. So, do you know what I mean? Like they're they're saying that Red. I've just had a quick search on Twitter here, and Red Bull are saying that, that oh yeah, we spent like a million dollars on on. Uh, well, it's not confirmed, but they say we spent a million dollars on catering. It's like. <laughs> Like, a million dollars on catering, that's a lot. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I assume... well, well, come on, Chris. I mean, you contributed in the crowdfunding to spending a million dollars on caterum. I did, actually. <laughs> this is true, yeah. Cater ham. Yeah, but catering I, ham. I would assume for Red Bull, they wouldn't put catering through Red Bull Racing. They would put it through Red Bull, the, the overall brand. That seems like a weird thing for them to... <laughs> To try and put through as a racing expense anyway. They would probably claim Sorry. it as some kind of marketing <laughs> shite. <laughs> During my Twitter search, I've just seen a meme which is getting sent to the lot of you. Sorry about this, everyone. <laughs> this is not make for good podcasting, but it's uh, it's worth it. Uh, I need to find this mm. so I can share it. Continue. Sorry, the suspense. I'll, I'll get on the with suspense. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's made me laugh a lot. Probably won't make you guys laugh at all. 
I am slightly surprised, however, that Lewis Hamilton is like coming out as the sort of poster boy for good accountancy, given his sort of Paradise Papers um, situation. <laughs> you mean when he landed here on the Isle of Man for six hours so that his plane could be registered here and all the paperwork was done and then they sent him on his way without checking his documents? That, that would be the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's ace. So you have sent us Helmut's Kitchen. <laughs> I shall retweet that from um, the Three Legs Four Wheels account now. So if you're listening, yes. go back to Monday around about half eight UK time. Yeah, Red Bull hired a private chef for all the catering. <laughs> oh, what the hell's that? What's what now? Um, Helmut Marco. It is Helmut Marco. That's what I thought it was. No, Twitter, Twitter doesn't like links posted from Facebook. Oh, it'll get over it. It's a Twitter link originally, so it can shut up. Yeah, I've, um, I've fixed it now. At least I hope I have. Um, so, yes, do we know what's going to happen? No, not at the moment. Are Red Bull going to appeal? Yes, very probably. If it had been Ferrari, would it have just been an agreement has been reached, but we're not telling you what it is? I reckon it would have been. Probably. Yeah, so as, so as not to compromise the integrity of Ferrari. I mean, the sport. It, they'd, have just, they'd have just vetoed being in trouble. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised the cost cap went through without them vetoing it. I mean, don't forget, they, they vetoed the removal of their veto. They did. <laughs> yeah, we don't think you should have this veto anymore. Interesting. We disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like giving Russia a veto on the Security Council at the UN. Suddenly doesn't seem like such a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the main big story. However, um, other news in a slightly financial area has turned up as well. Um, Related to friends of the podcast, unfortunately... um, Unfortunately, I can't get my words out, or or will come out all at the same time. Um, W Series has come to an end for this season as it would appear to be a financial issue with them because um, funding that they were promised hasn't actually materialised. So, congratulations to Jamie Chadwick on her third title. Yeah, we hope that W Series comes back, but I don't know. I mean, they they didn't have it easy losing the second season because of Covid. No, and obviously is I don't mean to call into question uh, the people who run it, but if, if it's in financial difficulties so early on, does it need to be run by somebody else? Like uh, Liberty? Mm. I think the general like the general sort of consensus Brown. seems to be that it's about a seven million dollar or pound, I'm not quite sure what currency they're in, um, shortfall that they've got, which by motor racing standards is not ridiculous. But obviously, yeah, someone's someone's not paid their bill. I mean, the statement they put out, uh, as confirmed during the most recent W Series event at uh, the Singapore Grand Prix, supporting the Singapore Grand Prix, mm-hmm. um, the required funding due to the business from rec- a recent contracted investment was not received. So that says to me they didn't have the funding in place for the entire season to begin with, if it was a recent contracted investment. Or that it was just due to come in in increments and it hasn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the rumours about them running out running out of money a couple of weeks ago appear to um, appear to have been a thing. So anyway, I wonder where we can find the or if we can find the viewing figures out. 
Um, I would imagine they would be. Channel somewhere. Channel Four reported decent figures. Probably, um, mm. probably motorsport broadcasting. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because obviously the, I wouldn't have thought if the, if the numbers would have been up there, like it, the, the money wouldn't have been difficult to find. Well, I think I, I did think... watch the Singapore W Series. And it was it was good. Yeah. Oh, there's there's been some there's been some good racing this season. It had a it had the series had a shaky start, but series is always do. I mean, look at look at Formula E when it first started. Mm. Formula One only had eight races, didn't it, in its first season, something like that. Six, possibly. Yeah, but those are about three hundred non-championship races. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Yeah. You know, sometimes people were racing on the way to the circuit, and they didn't even realise it was actually. A race. <laughs> you could put, you could put three cones in a garage forecourt and call it a Grand Prix without being sued in those days. And Jim Clark would still turn up and win it. You didn't have to close the roads either. No. <laughs> but. Um, those were the days. Anyway, <laughs> hey, they're not like they used to be. I have an answer to the viewing figures. Yes. The Silverstone round, which was just the first one that came up when I did a Google, um, averaged 713,000 on Channel 4. Which is which is about 10 times the amount of viewers that MotoGP gets. Yeah, that's behind a paywall, though, in fairness. Yeah. Don't Channel 4 is free. When MotoGP had the Grand Prix on ITV... It only got fifty thousand. Well, but wasn't that that was free? It, yeah, but that's with the rest of the season being behind a paywall, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get excited about one round, isn't it? When yeah, you can't I've, get into the I've rest nev- of it. I've never really understood that. You know, you know how it's, oh, it's okay. Silverstone's going to be live. You go, that's great. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of the championship? Uh, yeah, I've never really understood that. Yeah, but that's a that that's a that's a British government, um, you know, sporting crown jewels things. It's the um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I I I I get why it's done, but it doesn't it, make it, sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just all it's just always struck me as a bit odd. Mm. Yeah, you know, they've got to show the World Cup final, but it's not compulsory to show the rest of the World Cup. Yeah, it didn't Channel Four like used to show like the Royal Rumble. Just the Royal Rumble. No, they had um, they had one paper one WWF as it was at the time pay per view every three months. Oh, was it every three months? Was it? Yeah, so that, that's the thing. Like you, you have you have a pay per view, but you can't watch the weekly shows. <laughs> oh, they had um, they had superstars on a Saturday morning. Yeah, nobody watches superstars. <laughs> well, the kids do because it's a kids show. I, I don't even think it's a thing anymore, is it? No, but we are going back. We are going back a yeah. good sort of twenty five years here. Yeah, no, no, but the the only th- the only reason I say that is because the it, even even watching superstars didn't help on the build up to a pay per view because it didn't cover Raw or SmackDown, and the kids aren't paying for pay per views. Yeah, mm. but um, yeah, I, rem- I remember when Channel Four they, they used to they used to have um, they used to have one one every three months, but they they had the Rumble for about three years, mm. and then put put ad breaks in, which something that Sky never did. And then I gave up. Then I gave up watching wrestling around about the invasion. Anyway, um, so yes. Anyway, W series. Um, talking talking of channel, things that aren't going to be WCW series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the Rock could put some money into um, W series. He's just bought an American football league. <laughs> the whole league. Yeah, he's bought the XFL from Vince. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, X- XFL Mark Three is starting next February or March. 
just give up. Yeah, there's a reason it's, you're it, onto it'll the obviously third iteration. Work, though, now, won't it? <laughs> anything anything the it, rock touches seems to work. If it doesn't work, he'll just raise that eyebrow. Instant yeah. viewing figures. <laughs> well, so maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe maybe The Rock should buy W series and then just stand there and raise his eyebrow, and then that's it. Everyone everyone watches. Well, <laughs> he officially launched the Super Bowl, and then the first game of the first game of the current NFL season because they were both in the same stadium. Okay. Yeah, he announced the kickoffs for both games. Finally, the Rock, the Rock has come back to Los Angeles. The Los Rock. Angeles. The Rock is so famous that the, a year after he takes over W Series, all the world is talking about is when will the first man race in W Series? <laughs> and it will be him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've, we've been we've been spoiled with um, two Monday news stories. Yeah. So, after a um, after a slight delay, if you want the realism, hit pause for a couple of hours and we'll now talk about the Japanese Grand Prix for 40 minutes. So I just put white noise in for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I got up at 5am to watch the race, um, mm-hmm. probably about quarter past five by the time I got dressed and made my coffee and sat down. I was like, oh, it's wet. Okay, it'll be fun. Then, obviously, race started. We had that first lap. Red, red flag. Okay, fair enough. Then I red flag it for a little while, get that all that stuff out of the way. There's clearly a broken barrier because barrier is all over the track and the car. So this will restart in a bit, and then it didn't restart, and then it didn't restart, and then it didn't restart. So I about uh, I don't know ten past six went fuck this and went and painted the wall in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and then while you watched it dry was it about as interesting as waiting for the race to start I had like three bricks left to paint and they said they were starting the race <laughs> <laughs> I mean when when they did start um, you could see the lack of visibility and you can you can understand why the um, why the hold up but is it down to the fact that the Pirelli tyres don't shift the water. They're not good in the wet. The inters were instantly three seconds faster, even with shitty track conditions. Um, it's I, a difference, I, isn't it? Sebastian Vettel made a good point where because he turned around, and he said, "With there being such such big such a big difference between the wets and the inters time wise, mm-hmm. he said, you just even if it's wet conditions." You can't risk not going on inters because uh-huh. you're going to be so far off the pace. So it's it's something we, it needs to be looked at because this is like a I think it's a mixture of Jules Bianchi's crash that's made Formula One a little bit hydrophobic and a bit worried about putting cars on track when it's wet, um, and a mixture of tires because oh, I, I'm not you know I've always been one of these people I, I was I'm pro Halo. Um, I've always been keen on like keeping drivers safer, but we used to keep drivers safe and they used to ra- race in the wet. Like Canada in 2011 would not happen now. You know, it's regardless, yeah. I realize it wouldn't happen now because of the time extensions being, being drawn in, but just in those weather conditions, that race wouldn't have happened. And uh, we need to ask why. I think Christian Horner said something quite similar about the tyres, as much as I hate to quote Christian Horner, because um, I think he said basically the wet tyre 
just has no performance. You cannot race on it. It's there mm. to keep you on track, and that and is it. It clears the water. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you can't actually go for a race with that tire on. So I think yeah, mm. it does. There does yeah. Then they need to find a, a nicer balance, don't they, Pirelli, between something that will clear the water and something that will actually stick to the track. Yeah, I mean the only other, other one would be is like on the restart, for instance. It was mandated on the restart that we had to had to. Uh, uh, you had to restart, on, yeah, on, the... on wet tires. Mm-hmm. So why not do that in general? So if you, if you classify, if we wake up and it is throwing down, and we you can have all the teams get in, get into a room together and stuff like that, and everyone can talk to the FIA about how wet they think the track is, um, and then if it's decided just before race start, it is a wet wet race then it is a mandated wet tyre start. I think they do have the that, ability it, to do a, to, to mandate it for they a did. restart. They did. They didn't this time, though. Well, well the, sorry, they did for the restart. For the restart, yeah. yeah but yeah, That's for actual, for, for off-the-grid first start of the race, they can do, but they didn't. The, which is the, why everyone was on the inter. The, the problem yeah. is, and I think this is, I think this is the um, where the current FIA rules are written, Oh, there's going to be a lot of that sentence tonight, isn't there? <laughs> the way that the current FIA rules are written is they can mandate wet tyres for a race start, but it has to be a rolling start behind the safety car. They well, that, that, that is adjusted then. Yeah, they they can't do a standing start on wet tyres. Mm. If it's declared full wet, then they have to they have to do a rolling the rolling start procedure. If it's declared a free tyre choice, then it's a standing start and teams can use inters or even choose to use wets. Mm-hmm. But none of them will at the moment because of the difference in performance. Yeah. So, again, have the FIA got the rules right? No, they bloody haven't. <laughs> when do they ever get their own rules right? <laughs> well, to, to, to be fair, it's 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 something that, that doesn't need... that it, it didn't need looking at until Belgium last year. They looked at it after Belgium last year and they decided to to implement things slightly differently uh, and then we've had another race where maybe they you know maybe they need to look at it again um i'd argue the spotlight different situations i'd argue the spotlight was put in spa this problem's been here for a long time now because how, how many times it's the cars that they build as well isn't it because mm. we, we 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 had this discussion after belgium last year but nigel mansell said something on twitter about um you know mandate a, a wet weather setup where cars have to sit a certain ride height and mm-hmm. you know um it, everybody's always pushing the limits because they want the best performance but if you if you if you mandate you have to have this wet weather setup uh, you know minimum minimum ride height minimum tire pressures etc um everything that, that's got you know, minimum downforce uh, or a maximum downforce whatever works best for um yeah i mean that, that's, sure that... that's that's the thing because you know, like you say, they used to, they used to race in the wet, not a problem. That's because they were allowed to set the cars up on race day for whatever the conditions were going to be for the race. Oh yeah. Now, that, that's now, I mean. now I, you've got a, solutions. That's what you need. We need to look at. Is... Yeah. Mm. Now you've got to set your car up at two o'clock on Saturday for whatever's going to happen at two o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, doesn't make sense. The, uh, I mean, that, the only other thing you could do there would be, you. Could, I mean, the the whole idea of the curfew is to stop was to stop people working through the night, yeah. right? You know, it was a it was a a um, 
like a, a HR problem, wasn't it, more than a cost or anything? Yeah. So surely the idea would be that, okay, well, we have Park Ferme, but Park Ferme is till nine o'clock in the morning. So when everyone's going to the circuit anyway to go to work, why not let them work on the cars? Yeah, use the time that they would have used, and again, we're going back a few years, for the Sunday morning warm-up. Yeah. Shown exclusively live on Eurosport with John Watson <laughs> commentating. Yeah, it was awesome, the Sunday morning warm-up. <laughs> yeah, at the time that they would have been doing the Sunday morning warm-up, if the teams think it's going to be a wet race, let them, cha- you know, let them change the um, let them change the setup. If there's more than a certain percentage chance of rain. I also wonder how much of the like this modern attitude to not let not putting the cars out in the wet gives like Pirelli a um, uh, less of an incentive to make a good wet weather tire. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that might. I hate it when I agree with you, but I think that might be the case <laughs> because oh well, they're not they're not going to be doing a lot of racing in the wet, so let's just make a tire that ships the water, but doesn't turn the speed on. Yeah. Yeah, because re- realistically, how many wet, full wet laps have we seen that haven't been behind a safety car this year? I don't think there's many. No. No. <clears throat> has there been a... There hasn't been a, like a race start like full wet, has there this year? No, I don't think we've started behind no. a safety car once. Yeah. So, I mean, well, this is the thing. I mean, even full wets... Like, Did we start, do it in Monaco? Not sure. Was I thought I can't remember what the what the conditions were. But but this this is another one to, to talk about as far as the racing goes. Like we used to have full wet wets start as proper Grand Prix. You know that that would be the start of the race. It wasn't like a de facto. Oh, it's raining really heavy. We best start behind a safety car. I knew. I know it happened. But when you think back to say the early to mid two thousands. It was rare and disappointing when you found out it was a safety car start. Yeah. Mm. But that's that's the that's the problem now. That um I mean maybe start on the wets from a standing start and no pit stops to change to intermediates until X number of laps. Yeah. I'm I think I think again it's culture though, isn't it? It's like a it's the same with why Ferrari is shit. Um, what, they haven't got a clue what they're doing? <laughs> no, everyone's scared of making a mistake. They're, they're scared of being blamed for something. And I think that's one of the issues with um, like race, the race directors is nobody wants to be the one to make a mistake. And I get, I, I get it, especially in a sport like Formula One, because if you make a mistake in Formula One, it can have fatal consequences. Um but it's still that's it's kind of what you're being paid an awful lot of money to do. You're being paid to make those decisions. So you you should be doing them properly if you're getting paid that money. But the issue is at the moment nobody's nobody's actually making the decisions, and there isn't there isn't one race director that's in charge. You know it's be, you know it's being split between two, mm-hmm. and the FIA just keep coming out with. And I don't think this is anything to do with culture. It's just clueless decisions, one after the other, badly, badly written, um, badly written regulations, invite, you know, inviting loopholes, yeah, Contra- I mean... contradicting themselves mm-hmm. with every every time they open the mouth. 
Um, it's I, I just don't think the FIA are fit for purpose when it comes when it comes to F one. I I wonder as well how um, do, do, did Formula One not prepare for uh, who sorry, for Charlie Whiting to not be there because it feels since Charlie Whiting went that it the it, the control room at a Grand Prix has been without a captain. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't I, think the race. I don't think the race. Go, sorry, go on. I'll let you finish. Sorry. My no, it, it just it just feels ever since then it's there's been chaos as far as decision making goes. See, I think the I think the current race directors Eduardo what's his name Eduardo De Freitas mm-hmm. and Niels Vittich, I think they've both when they've been in the seats because they, they 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 share it, don't they? Race director. Yeah. But I, I think they've they've done a pretty decent job. Um, it's confusing a lot of things come out of this weekend that are confusing and i don't know who makes those decisions um like the regulation with the full points for example um at the end because oh it was well it was red flagged and then we went to nearly half distance so you could have full points hang on a second i thought we had uh even even sean friend of the podcast sean kelly said this was the worst day to be a, a statistician yeah, I mean, when it was when it was explained, it made sense, or I thought it made sense. But then again, you don't know whether it was being explained. Nobody knew the rule. <laughs> well, no, no, but like after after the race, where it said, "Yeah, but, well, that the half point says thing is if the race ends and it like ends on a red flag, mm-hmm. and it can't be restarted." Yeah. yeah, yeah, which obviously this race didn't. So that that makes perfect sense to me, unless. That was just like a clever way of saying it to try and get out of trouble. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Like again, the no, no one's gonna, no one that doesn't get paid to do like to do Formula One stuff and get paid well is gonna sit down and read the fucking rule book. It's just not gonna happen. Um, I did see that was the only other thing I thought was the uh, Max winning the championship and the uh, awarding full points. A little bit of me wondered whether they decided to crown Max World Champion to try and get away from the fucking shambles of the uh, of the of the track that being let on the track. <laughs> hey everyone, like, a distraction! A for, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a good news story for Monday. Bye. Yeah, yeah it was because uh, I was trying to do the maths, and as far as I was mm-hmm. concerned, I was like, I think he's a point or two short because Perez finished second. If and they that, gave Leclerc the penalty, and you were not alone in that, because I mean, and Lee just said there about you know people who are paid in F one would be reading this thing, but people like Chris Medland were saying, no, hang on, he's a point short. Jenny Gow thought he was a point short. Like the people who and are people like Sean Kelly, Sean Kelly. Yeah. So people who really should and probably do read the rule book still had no idea what the feck was going on, which yeah suggests the rule book maybe is not as clear as it could be. And there's another one oh, in good, here good. that hasn't actually been noticed where it was a what the hell, oh god, this is a grey area. Hmm. The number of laps and when the race actually should have finished. Should have finished a lap before the end. Well, under F1's two-hour time limit for a race's duration, the rules are clear that once the two-hour cap has been reached, then the lead driver will have to complete one more lap before the chequered flag comes out. However, because it was the three-hour clock that expired, and, and uh, well, as well as the two-hour clock, because they were in synchronisation, or the two-hour clock didn't exist anymore because the race 
restarted with less than two hours to go, uh-huh. then the chequered flag comes out immediately immediately at the so end the of the three, three hours. So the three hour, when they synchronise, the three-hour clock supersedes the two-hour clock. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, because because the the, the 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 race the race timer started when it was restarted, even though the, the race hadn't restarted, because the time of the race was going to run down before the three hour clock ran down. If you know what I mean. Yes. So, so the, they went to the three hour clock, not the two hour clock. Yes. And uh, that's yeah, uh, and they applied the two hour rule to the three hour race no they didn't because as soon as as soon as the three hours were up the checkered flag came out on that lap so it wasn't two hours plus one lap it was the end of the three hours that's it done that that becomes that becomes the last lap but it didn't they they got to zero and then they were like oh one more lap after this which is the two hour rule isn't it uh no they no they got to zero and it and it came up last lap even alpine i think alpine thought there was going to be one more lap than there was because of the two hours plus a lap thing which is why they pitted Alonso when they did mm-hmm. no that was the right move anyway to be fair if they'd have pitted one lap later Alonso would have passed Bell. yeah but he passed earlier, George yeah. George would have mm. yeah we'll deal with that we'll, bit de- we'll deal with that when we, <laughs> when we do the things but um, Alan Pemain thought it was going to go um, one lap more uh, I think when Max crossed the line, there was five seconds still on the clock. Then the check had flagged it at the next lap. As we know from Canada a few years ago, the checkered flag is when the checkered flag is. Yeah. Whether it's meant to be or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Verstappen kept on driving at race pace after the checkered flag because he thought he still had one more lap. Because he he'd been to- he'd been told that there was one more lap. I think to be honest, at that point, I was that distracted by Leclerc Perez. I couldn't tell you at what point the checkered flag came out. Um, Leclerc had to ask, "Is it over?" And McLaren asked Danny Rick to keep his speed up after the checkered flag because they didn't know what had happened. It's not ideal, is it? It's not no, good. It um, so, so, uh, but... that, sorry, just just quickly, that's one of the things that I I think is a I, I I'm probably more pissed off about this than anything else. Um, is the fact that we were kind of robbed, and especially like Max Verstappen fans as well, were robbed of the, you know, the victorious drive across the finish and a Horner on the radio yeah, saying, "Well which, done, Max, you world champion." Of, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it just. It kind of doesn't feel complete without it, does it? No, it was kind. Of, it was kind of a. Well, it was the weirdest way I've ever heard a world champion announced <laughs> it before. Let's be perfectly honest. In the world of Formula One, that championship was like coming in the condom before you start. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. like oh, oh. I enjoyed myself, but it's not quite the same. We'll check with Johnny. I know. Her- we'll, check with jo- with we'll, ch- we'll check I'm with Johnny poet. Herbert the next time he's on the show, <laughs> or maybe not have you and Johnny Herbert on the same show at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I think me and Johnny get on well. <laughs> um, Chris Medlin's tweeted something very interesting, actually. Just the way this season's gone, all all round, right? F one, Verstappen in the pits doing interviews when he finds out he's world champion. F2, Drogovic in the pits watching a race he'd retired from becomes world champion. 
Victor Martin. Good enough F- Schumacher. F3. <laughs> Victor Martin's in the pits under a red flag. Race gets called off. Finds out his champion. Mm-hmm. W Series. Chadwick cham- Crown Champion as the final two rounds cancelled. British F4. Champion has actually left the series and is currently racing in Italian F4. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's uh, it is strange, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It just didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't feel complete. So have Johnny Herbert just be like, "By the way, you are the world champion." And Max was like, "All right, yeah, cool, thanks." And then wandering back to the, wandering up to the podium, like, "No, you've got that wrong." I'm a, I'm a point. I'm a point shy. You can hear it. He's the, the, you can hear him in the in the room saying, "No, I'm not the champion. Yeah, not champion." Yeah, the guy from and the like, like, the guy from the FIA had to like sort of practically shove him to the weird yeah. throne. Yeah, go and go and sit in the Big Brother diary room. <laughs> what was sure? what was that about? There's only one person who would have enjoyed that, isn't there? Let's be honest. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I would, have, I would have gone for Alonso after the deck chair oh, incident. Would Alonso yeah. would have enjoyed yeah. it. No, if it had but been Alonso... that going to be world champion. So. <laughs> if it had been Alonso that had won the title somehow, they would have replaced that big fluffy chair with the deck chair. Of course. Probably, yeah. 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 And it would have been a beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just a, it was just a shambles. I mean, and we're shying away from, from, from uh, as you say... Is it possible they did that to be like, oh yeah, full points because there's this regulation here, so we don't talk about the fact that we put a tractor on the circuit when there shouldn't have been one. Yeah, that was um, yeah okay. We've seen tractors on the circuit before, but it's been clear visibility, mm-hmm. and people have been they were called catrums. People people have been uh, made aware of its presence, mm-hmm. and it's been good visibility, and and like the the track was not slippy in those instances. Yeah. Uh, whereas, in, whereas in this case, um, half a dozen drivers actually said they went past it behind the safety car and didn't know it was there until they got told when they were back in the pits. Yeah, I mean, no, that's there's, not there's good. A bit of, no, there's a bit of confusion about the timeline here as well, because I think a lot of people think that only Pierre Gasly, because he was the at the tail end, was the only one to drive past that, that, that tractor. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Everyone did. Mm-hmm. So we had the first lap incident where science crashed out. Uh, Albon pulled in a few, what, about 50 yards up the road, something like that. Yeah. And um, they were like, oh, okay, uh, safety car. And the safety car came straight out of the pits and picked up Max Verstappen there and then led them all round past the safety car. Um, Gasly pitted because he had half of the, an advertising board stuck to the front of his car uh-huh. that Carlos Sainz had handily just planted in the middle of the road um and uh so he changed tires as well so he was trying to catch the back of the pack up now he should have been told i'm not trying to blame pierre gasly here whatsoever he should have been told that 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 tractor was on the circuit um but he knew full well where the incident was and it might not have been a tractor on the circuit there could have been a team of marshals stood in the middle of the track trying to clear it up because he hit some debris, there could still have been debris in the middle of the track. Mm-hmm. So I agree with the penalty that he got for speeding under under the red flag, even though that was further down the line. It wasn't going past the going past the incident. Well, that's but the thing. I, at, I, the, at the time, um, just before he came to the tractor, it was still officially under uh, safety car, and there were double waved yellows around there, which means prepare to stop. Mm-hmm. It does. The only thing they could have done was was thrown a virtual safety car, but they brought out the actual safety car. It just happens that Pierre Gasly was at the tail because he had to pit. Somebody should have said to him, 
there's a tractor on the circuit re- removing the car. They put tractors on the circuits at loads of other uh, loads of other venues. It's purely because it was wet and it was at Japan, and everybody was reminded of what happened with Jules Bianchi. Uh, it's very it, rare you see one on the tarmac, though. Yeah, it's well, it's, yes, quite correct. Very rare you see one on the tarmac. But there was one, you know, uh, that we've seen him earlier this season. Uh, they had to they pulled the safety car out from Monza. Mm. Um, we we saw it uh, um, in one of the junior races at uh, was it W Series at Singapore when somebody somebody crashed and they had to have a. It probably um, would have been, yeah, because yeah, I don't think yeah, it would have been other um, series, were there? Yeah, it was, it, was. it was Jamie Chadwick's car at um, at Turn 7 in Singapore. And they, yeah, the safety... Did they read, I can't remember if they red-flagged it or if they, if they carried on, but I've seen, definitely seen in other forms where, where there's, there's tractors on circuit. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, because it was wet, because of what happened with Jules Bianchi, the same venue it happened to him, it's been... And I don't want to say blown out of all proportion because that's not correct, because it cannot be allowed to happen the problem is communication. It's not that it's not that the, the, the tractor didn't do its job by going out. The tractor did its job. You know, it went out there to go and rescue the you know the stricken cars so you could get the race started as quickly as possible. Um, but letting Pierre Gasly know maybe that, or having a system where race control could talk to all of the drivers at the same time. Now you say yeah. we've, now you say we've got um, two other race controllers from other series. In both those series, uh, DTM and WEC, race control have got an override on the radio to tell all the drivers of hazards on track, slowdowns, impending full course yellows, any serious information like that. Every other series appears to have something like that, mm-hmm. except for F one. Mm. Odd. Um, the the only thing that I, I agree with everything everyone's saying, but the the thing I thought was as soon as that incident happened, uh, like I mean, like immediately when you saw Carlos Sainz's car, that was clearly a red flag. I don't, I don't understand why the race wasn't immediately red flagged. All the cars go back into the gar- into the pit lane. Then you, then you can recover the car while that's happening. Because well, that's the thing. Because it, the track, the track was full of advertising hoardings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what mm. I'm saying. You know, like that, it, not necessarily just a tractor that Pierre Gasly had to worry about. Yes, of course he's worried about his own safety there because if he had hit the tractor, yeah, he's quite right. He could have been seriously injured or killed. Yeah. But but it might. Not, it, they may not have been. They may have cleared the car by the time he got round in that tractor. You know, that mm-hmm. might you know, or there could have been a crane on the inside of the circuit that just sort of lifted it out and over the way. Mm-hmm. There could have been a guy with a brush in the middle of the circuit trying to pick up the bits of plastic that. Let's be honest, Pierre Gasly himself hit, which is why he had to go into the bit. He knew that incident was there, so he mm-hmm. should not have approached that at the speed that he did. No, absolutely not. But I, st- I still I still think that there's a, something lies on race control. Again, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was just like the um, the debacle that went on at uh, Abu Dhabi last year. If they'd just dropped the red flag just, just quicker... I don't now we now we've got the sort of essentially if if you're looking to just make the show better, um I know I know we would have started behind a safety car this time around, but it's great when we drop red flags because we get another stand and start. You know it's quite ex- like it's uh, the it's quite exciting as long as no one gets hurt. It's quite exciting to get a red flag because there's except, a bit of downtime. Except hungry and last year. <laughs> so yeah, then there's some there's some more fucking action for you. Um, 
I, I, if if I was in the, um, uh, if I if I, if I was in, uh, inside the control room and I was involved in the running of Formula One, and I wanted a the sport to be safer and b the show to be better, I'd be turning around to those people and saying, "Don't be fucking shy about bringing everybody back in." Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have mm-hmm. been a problem to just drop the red flag straight away, mm-hmm. would it? You know that would have that would have solved everything because Gasly yeah. would have gone back to the pits behind everyone, and nobody else would have gone out. He wouldn't have had anybody else to catch up with. He just yeah. would have been last. I think that could um, potentially stop, like because virtual safety cars are a bit naff, aren't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I, they I do think... the job. Do you know what I mean? When you got people on track, they do the job because it's they a do, safety thing. But yeah, they are they are a bit dull. Yeah, but I think what it would probably be a better thing to scrap virtual safety cars, drop the um, safety car out like an actual safety car, if if something's going wrong, if it's an incident that looks like it's going to take over two laps, buying the safety car to fix, you just drop a red flag. Yeah, I, th- I think there do need to be a bit more, a bit less afraid of throwing the red flag. Yeah. Mm. I think for me with this this whole situation I think we're possibly kind of overcomplicating it a bit not us personally just F1 in general by kind of lumping it all in as one issue I think it's a series of mistakes regardless of the fact that other ones have happened like you you shouldn't have a tractor mm. on the side of the track when you can't no. see it in a location where a car has already gone sliding off you shouldn't have a tractor on the track without telling people it's there. You also should yep. not be turning it through a crash scene that you know is there, yep. whether you know other shit is going on or not. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's where there's a bit of a kind of confusion here that we're, see- we're kind of almost saying like, oh, it doesn't matter that there was a tractor because he was speeding. And it's like, no, mm. that they don't offset. They're two separate issues. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's a good point. And he wasn't speeding past the past the incident. I just want to point that out again. Mm. Uh, he was he was caught speeding further around the circuit. But I mean, he's probably furious that he was that you know he could have had a, a really nasty accident. Um, yeah, as I say, it's it's not it's not his fault, not at all. But res- responsibility lies with their safety is is everyone's responsibility. Yeah. And people got things wrong from yes. from the track to the control room. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of points be... in between. Yeah, like you've got an indie car. Why can't they just have you know where where the radio comes on? I know they have got lights on the dashboard, but why can't they have uh, you know a, a radio where where race control can talk to uh, the drivers? There's a tractor on the track at turn whatever it was. Um, just mind out because. Uh, yeah, all yeah. all I can all I can WEC slow down zones. Mm-hmm. Formula mm. E as well that you have the countdown, don't you? So a track is clear in five four. Yeah, so it's very sort of Thunderbirdsy. Yeah, or yeah, like like a pit lane limiter zone. You mean like for for but on circuit? Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean WEC has slow down zones, and you can't say that won't work in Formula One because the cars are going at fairly comparable speeds mm. on for ninety percent of the season the exact same bloody circuits. Yeah, you know if you can have a slow down, if you can have a slow down zone at Spa for hypercars, you can bloody have one at Spa for um, F1 cars. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, slow down zone. So like, because because we see sexes like one, two, and three, don't we on the on the screens mm. and things like that? But they've got mini sexes, haven't they? Where the yeah. marshals are all stationed. Yeah. So you know, it could be maybe do. I mean, we're messing with the uh, with the actual integral bit of sport here with, with with racing but do we need a flag between double wave yellow and red where it's just like slow the fuck down An amber like, flag <laughs> yeah maybe i don't mm. know um it's just yeah it, there, there has to be a better system than the one that's in place because as i say it's it's been in place for decades that mm. double wave yellow and then uh, you know but it it's this it's this thing like what vettel was saying with the tires you're under so much pressure to push that you know, if you're not pushing, then you 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 know you're gonna lose out, and it's not fair on the drivers to at least give them all of the information that they need. Mm. Um, I would. The only thing about I I get what Vettel's saying there. Um, or however, how how do I put this without getting fucking roasted like Paul did? <laughs> um. I do, I'm not sure. It's it's like last day, last day on the force mm. cop drama, you know the. Uh, I, I I don't I don't think the opinion on danger within a sport is is probably best listened to through the lens of an old driver that's retiring in four races. Yeah, but I mean the first, you know, the first um, first person, first ex driver to say anything about it was Alex Burt, so he's still the current head of the GPDA. Vettel yeah. Stug- is on the GPDA yeah. as well, isn't it? I think it's Vettel Bert- was, was and president. George Russell. Russell. Yeah. yeah. So I don't agree with you there, Lee, because I don't think it makes it any less valid. No, no. But what he's saying is everyone's under under pressure to push. Of course you are. You're a Formula One driver. It's like every everyone in any competitive sport. Is under pressure to push. Yeah. So I, that, that that's what I don't that's what I don't get with that comment. It's just like, yeah, of course there's a pr- pr- there's a pressure to push because you're all trying to win. But I, and it could just be, especially with the Vettel thing. I mean, the Verts thing, the Verts, like most people, well, or a, a chunk of people, I should say, that listen to this podcast wouldn't have even been watching Formula One when Verts was in a Formula One car. Um. I, I just I don't I, I'm not saying that this is the right thing. I'm just saying that maybe Vettel isn't like the the ideal person to to take to listen to in this this moment. He's got more experience than a lot of other people on the grid, so I think I think he is one of the best people to um, to listen to on this. And I think we have to agree to differ on that. Yeah, no, I just I just think he's he maybe he's jaded slightly. And that that, but that, that, doesn't, not, that doesn't change his opinion on safety, though. Surely, um, it does if he's scared. You know, if, if he's if he's leaving the sport, and 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 that's not just like I don't just mean it like oh he's he's a scaredy cat and leaving Formula One. I think just naturally, you uh, we've all we've always heard it, haven't we? With drivers that have children, go slower. But I um, think, yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't think we've heard anyone disagree with what he said. If I mean, if if we had, then. Then fair enough, but I, d- I don't he, think any, was... anyone said that there that there's too much pressure to go fast. No, that's what he was saying about the tires. About you know you're under so much pressure to get onto the intermediates, but it's the same under the safety car. You're under pressure to catch up with the pack as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Um, so that you know that's what I'm saying. It should have been. I don't want to place blame on Alpha Tauri for not telling Gasly, but 
maybe that you know they were probably so you know so busy concentrating on other things um by the time he got around there they they may not have even noticed that there was uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 but the thing is the FIA would have known the race control would have known race control should have been able to get that message out direct to the drivers not to the teams to tell the drivers because mm-hmm. at the end of the race when they're discussing it with 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 different uh, different people even Christian Horner said yeah yeah Checo reported that to us um mm-hmm. that there was a there was a vehicle on track that shouldn't have been there but um you know what what can we do at that moment we we didn't see it until until he reported it mm-hmm. so that's when the, the safety car was going past slowly with the cars behind Gasly didn't know it was there um, so I suppose he was the under, only thing we're he was under to pressure for. to catch up with everyone before they've dropped the red. Yeah, but that's the the, the only thing we we'll have to wait for is the inquiry because we could it could actually be the case that it's not the race director or the FIA's fault this because if they'd given the word to collect to um to go and collect the car, but fucking we, we need to sort stuff out before, and it's by the time it's got through to people. They've gone right off to collect the car without actually being one hundred percent clear to go and do this. This could actually be like a a Marshall issue rather than a form, you know, a, it's essentially a Formula One issue of somebody just being a bit too ready to go and do their job. There's always that too. It could be, but it's still safety. So yeah, it could be. But the race director is responsible for safety on and around the track. Yeah, but you can't if if the race director hasn't given the go ahead to go and collect the car, and they go and collect the car. You couldn't blame that on the race director, even if something bad happened. Someone's fucked up. That's basically yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about the um, about all the other issues for about as long as the race went on. So should we do the <laughs> same again with the teams? Yeah. Um, right. Starting at the back, Alfa Romeo. Um, what was it first before we start? Was it what, the 44 minute race, 46 minutes? It was like 28 lap. What that is in minute, I can't tell you. Yeah, about 40 something minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, I think what we've realised is that should probably be the rate, length of sprint races. Oh, enough happened, didn't it? It was a perfectly yeah. entertaining race once it got going. <laughs> Maybe sprinklers for spr- No, let's just no, 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 not, no with the, not with the current tires. Not with the current tires. We've <laughs> <laughs> got to do it on slicks. <laughs> yeah, George Russell will be keen on that. Uh, right, Alfa Romeo, Bottas fifteenth, Joe sixteenth. Um, Joe with the fastest lap. Yes, and that was about all that an Alfa Romeo actually did. Joe yes. was only that far back because he pitted, didn't he? Right near the end, he yeah. dipped for new tires for. Feck knows what reason aside from setting a fastest lap that counted for sod all. Well, did you see Charles Leclerc's tyres at the end of the race? They were almost as bad as Hamilton's were in Turkey. They the were well worn. The... They were very, they were very well worn. worn. <laughs> yeah, so, and the track was still very wet. So, mm. it, yeah, fair enough. If you need some tyres and you got a set, why not throw them on? Yeah. I did notice Mercedes were actually had less sets of um, inters and wets than anyone else. I think they've gone through a few too many in... Um, yeah. FP2 when it was throwing it down, but um, yeah, can anyone think of anything else remarkable that Alfa Romeo did? Because I think think Bottas could be in line for his second participation award where he actually took no active part in any of the racing that went on. No, I can't think of anything. I'm struggling. Mm. Struggling. 
To be fair, it's hard to think of anything that anybody did in the 40-something minute race that we had. <laughs> um, I don't know, because we've got Haas next, um, K-Mag in 14th, and one-time leader Mick Schumacher in 17th. <laughs> I think he led he for about 100 metres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, also was, he wasn't leading for a full lap or anything, no, was no. he? <laughs> Um, he, he, yeah. I think he, he gained. I think he gained the lead when Alonso and Ricardo pitted and lost the lead by the time he'd finished the pit straight. Bless yeah, you, whoever that was. Him, wasn't he? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, posi- the pos- briefest of rock stars. Yeah, positives for Haas. Um, K Mag didn't knacker his front wing and didn't get a meatball. Didn't get the meatball flag this week, no. And also, uh, as I say, it was a bit of a gamble leaving Schumacher out for as long as he did on the wet weather. But that goes to show the parity between the tyres, doesn't mm. it? Um, between the not being able to race on the on the blue striped tyres and really being able to race on the green striped, but hoping that you can just sort of keep it on the grey stuff. The thing is, well, in, in a circumstance where someone switches onto Inters and shoves it in a wall... That is genuinely the rock star move. Then having your guy still out there on wet to the front, it was. I think it was a, a reasonable gamble. Didn't work on this occasion, but worth a go. It did not. But <laughs> yeah, D- tried the safety gamble. The safety gamble did not work. No, but I mean, it did. It did work for McLaren last week. So. Uh, yeah, but the other way round, they hung themselves out to wait till it got. Yeah, wait until the safety car, didn't they? Yes, yeah. I think that's what Haas were doing in this instance. I think they were hoping that someone They said would... on the radio, didn't they, I think, yeah, actually? Yeah, they were, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, a bit of, a, bit of an anonymous one for Haas. Um, should we do a bit of silly season while we're, uh, while we're on the subject? Yes. Because, mm. mm, you know, the second seat alongside K-Mag's still not confirmed. Personally, I think mix out, just with everything that Gunter's been saying. Did you Did you hear that? That was it? Did he good say yesterday? And it was it in the paper this morning? I remember where he said he's done with rookies for a while. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's Hul- was... Hulkenberg is meant to be the favourite. I think isn't he at the he present is, time? Yeah, mm. it was. It was a few drivers. It was whittled down to what was thought to be Ricardo Hulkenberg and mm-hmm. Schumacher. Ricardo apparently was not interested in joining Haas, so that whittled it down to Hulkenberg and Schumacher. Looks like Nico Hulkenberg might have the edge which means mm. suck my balls honey is a team next year <laughs> oh i'd forgotten about we're gonna that. have two t- <laughs> we're gonna yes. two teams where the drivers hate each other yes to this but mick schumacher is allegedly in contention for the seat at williams so i think that, what's I, going on there either. i think that i think there's ifs and buts with that i mean the thing that made me think that mick, mick is definitely finished was gunter's comments after mick had the crash in um at the end of fp1 was after, it for fuck's sake? After <laughs> after the checkered flag when he was doing a practice start and stuffed yes. it in a wall. It's not it's not a great what? way to crash. And um, Even... Gun- Gunter's words were along the lines of that's all on him, he did it himself, I've got nothing to say. Which is um Which it, says it, a lot a lot of journalists missed it apparently as well because journalists they saw the saw the flag and thought, Oh, so practice starts now. Went to go and uh, do whatever it was they were doing. Um, and journaling, missed, yeah, missed um, going to get a cup of tea or whatever. I don't know what they do after after practice finishes, and and missed Mick Schumacher stuffing it, <laughs> <laughs> stuffing it so badly they had to replace the chassis, and he lost out on all of FP two. I mean, he's done. You know, stick the proverbial fork. Yeah. Whereas Hulkenberg recently on his Instagram has been all about the fitness 
Yes. <laughs> there's, uh, there's obviously a, a big yeah. push going on there. I noticed yeah. that all of his um, Instagram videos of him doing fitnessy stuff are all sponsored by the new Samsung Galaxy Watch. Yes, I think Let he. I think he has some kind of tie-in with um, Samsung Deutschland. I believe is one of his uh, big sponsors. And Hugo Boss, that, which has recently appeared on the um, on the Aston Martin. Yes, more on that. Did co- a, more on that conspiracy later. He did a, he did a tire test mm. for Aston Martin over the summer. Mm. Um, right. What have we got next? Alpha Tori. Gasly in 18th, who we have spoken at length about. Yes. Um, Sonoda 13th. I mean, it was tr- he was treated as the homecoming hero, and obviously it's his first first race around there in F1. It's the mm-hmm. first Japanese Grand Prix since 2019. Um, one thing that Sonoda definitely did do this weekend was inspire a lot of... You can't, you can't call them full kit wankers in Japan. They are just no, no. F one worshippers. Yeah, they take <laughs> merch to a to a different level to your sort of average. And F1 there fan. was a lot of uh, Sonoda car hats. Yes, including there were a lot of Sonoda, including the one I, it. including the one I saw, which um, when it was throwing it down, I saw somebody actually putting a little poncho over the over the car on his hat before <laughs> before he put his own poncho on. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> Did anyone see the laminated? Board that somebody had on top the... of their Alpha Tauri work helmet. <laughs> oh no, I didn't see that one. I saw. It's like this. This is this is inventive. I like the Japanese fans. It's even even what we would call full kit wanker Vettel was. <laughs> he were, he had the greatest time ever. He was consistently dancing. How do you dance for four hours when the red when there's a red flag? <laughs> <laughs> no, the best the best one I saw was I think. I think F1 might have actually tweeted it. Um, you know how when F1 has breaking news, it has the breaking graphic and it's always in the colour of whoever, whichever team it yeah, is. Yeah. They'd done one of those breaking Japanese F1 fan to drive for Alpha Tauri. <laughs> but and they, they'd printed that board out and put it around their own head so that they looked like they were being announced for Alpha Tauri. Awesome. Amazing. My my favourite one, um, it was just a two-foot square of cardboard with a photo of uh, Binotto on it, surrounded in tinsel, and I think painted on. It said, Ferrari, make me your strategist. Uh, yes. <laughs> I saw that one. I saw that one. Uh, my favourite fan of the weekend was the guy that was wearing Kimmy's Lotus overalls and Kimmy's James Hunt helmet. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him, but yeah. That's, that's a deep cut, that. Oh, yeah, there, was, that there, is, was, there, was some, there was somebody else there um, with James Hunt helmet and Kimmy Ferrari overalls. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it was the same guy on different days. Oh, it, it could have been. Could, it could, Kimmy through the ages. Yeah. Can we, can we just do this now? Rockstars, Japanese fans. Yes, because yeah. also they've yeah, yeah, sat yeah. there in the pissing down rain for two hours while we were like sat on sofas as well, with all their shite on, and yeah. they still seem to have a great time. Yeah, we'll do an early rock stars, the Japanese fans. Yeah. 100%. Right, uh, we'll do McLaren next. Oh no, sorry, I took a wrong turn. We'll do Williams. <laughs> <laughs> but something is strange hey. with the car. <laughs> redemption, though, redemption on the Sunday. There's something strange with the car. What, was he fucking driving kit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nicholas. That's a piece of flesh in this bloody driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nicholas. I don't think that's a good idea right now. <laughs> Turn right at the chicane, Kit. I'm afraid I can't do that, Nicholas. 
I mean, it it reminds me of um, a time when I was I was sat in the passenger seat with a driver who is in a road car about <laughs> yeah. as useless as uh, Latifi is, and he's got the same I first was say, name. Is this someone with a similar name? <laughs> a former bandmate of ours, Chris. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so we're driving driving along um, in Liverpool, and I tell him, "All right, you want to take the next right." So he does, completely ignoring the dual carriageway approaching sign, and we end up driving into the traffic. What? (laughs) (laughs) So instead of doing something sensible like taking the first turn off, no, he decides to pull a U-turn in the middle of the road, with me leaning out of the window, pointing at him, going, I'm apologising for him now. He's Manx. That's highly illegal and very dangerous. Uh Yes. There's also a man who once parked a car in a field um, by announcing, oh shit, I'm in a field. Uh, it was not meant to be in a field. It was someone's garden, we think. So. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did that gig as well that night. Um, anyway, yes. Do. So, redemption from the wrong turn. By getting yeah, his he, first he... points of the season, up to 20th in the championship. Yes. <laughs> well, Yes, yeah, on he's, count back. He's... Yeah, he's 20th. So he's now ahead of Nico Hulkenberg. And, and is that it? And ahead of Nick DeVries. Because he's had better finishes than Nick DeVries. Because he's had fact, more. Nick's only done one I race. Think. Yeah. Although, if Nick DeVries does one more race this season and gets an 11th, that puts him back to 20th. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I don't think Latifi's had an 11th place. I think he's only not sure. Might a, have. Might think, have. I had think he's only had twelfths. But um yeah, well strategized by Williams as it turned out. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, the right time because obviously Vettel pitted at the same time and it worked out well for him as well. And yeah, he kept it on the track, so reasonable. Yeah, finished quite a way behind Vettel, so I mean that that does show the difference in pace between the Aston Martin and Latifi. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say the Williams because we don't know how quick Latifi is. Alban had a very short race, um, finished up with an engine sounding like a bag of spanners. Yeah, it did not sound good. Yeah, I thought maybe he had had the um, the issue when, when what's his name, when Carlos Sainz went off. I thought maybe he had had a fallout of that, but it was totally separate, wasn't it? It just happened to be at the same point on the circuit. Mm, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking for... Have Williams actually um, mentioned anything on... Because he, he seemed to think there'd been contact, didn't he? He seemed to think he got a bit of a nudge from someone and that loosened something and that was that for the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking back to see... Um... Oh, there we go. Williams. Um... But yeah, I don't think we actually saw... Any contact. Oh, right, yes. He, um, oh, <laughs> I had a light touch with Kevin Magnuson, but yeah. where we hit it touched the radiator, so we lost water pressure. Excellent. So, yes, it was, um, but at least it wasn't K-Mag's front wing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alban also went on to say it was the worst conditions he's ever experienced and the worst visibility. Good. Yeah, it wasn't ideal, was it? So yeah, whatever you're seeing on external or onboard cameras, it's a hundred times worse than that in the cockpit. Jesus, that does not bear thinking about because you could see less than nothing. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, Latifi, um, goat-like performance. <laughs> not sure I'd go that far. Uh, are you not? Have, well, you, have you seen the Gotifi photo? Yeah, more race wins than Hamilton when you put like Michael Schumacher and Max Verstappen in the same picture, really small in the corner. (laughs) 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 But you've, uh, don't forget, Nicholas Latifi was uh, the the first or second guy to pit with Sebastian Vettel Mm -hmm. for Inter's. So that's why he managed to make that, that, that work really well for him. Um, everybody, including me, thought it was way too early for Inters, but those two made it work and made it work mm-hmm. early. So he gained a good, you know, couple of laps against people he would normally be racing before they stopped. So he was he was given that advantage then. I say he was given that advantage. That sounds like he's he didn't deserve it. He took the advantage. He yeah. was given that. Um, he was given that advantage. Makes him sound like an overprivileged rich kid that's been um, that's had his <laughs> way paid into F one by uh, a father who spoils him rotten. Yeah. Well, Williams. he did. He did finish second. <laughs> he did finish second in F two, didn't he? So mm-hmm. you know, he's not. He, he he was kind of he, he was definitely worth a go in Formula One. But I think he's outstayed his welcome. As it turned I out, he finished said... he finished second in the F two championship behind the guy who was the first person to get points in the car that he's driving in F one. Yeah, but I think we said last week, didn't we, that they had a chassis swap. He came in too late, yeah. didn't he? He he was in he was in F three for too fucking long, and he is his chance at Formula One probably should have been what. Four years ago, right around the sort of Julian Palmer time, I can remember him being uh, testing Force India. I think it was around about 2015, 2016. Yeah, cause, yeah, because there was going to be these two great new drivers that were um, that were coming through from F two. There was uh, him and uh, Alfonso Chellis. Oh, Jesus! Oh, I remember Alfonso Chellis. Yeah, uh, was he Spanish, Alfonso Chellis? And uh, he was Force India's test driver. They actually put him in for like the preseason tests. And he was fastest, and everyone's like, this guy's going to be amazing. Uh, and then he just kind of disappeared. He's, n- he's now retired. <laughs> I going to say, where is he these days? Not driving, and I think he owns a clothing company. Oh, he's Mexican. Mexican, is he? Apparently so. Mm. Uh, whatever it is, he's not an F1 driver. Uh, so, yeah, we will we will do McLaren now. Um, Lando in 10th, Danny in 11th. Um, that was... Danny was looking good all the way through um, the first part of the weekend, especially in qualifying. And in the first part of the race as well. Mm, yeah, he had a great start and don't know what happened, really. Just after the restart, it wasn't there for him. A mm. little bit anonymous. Bit, I, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't really remember. And, um, you know, obviously he was um, he was kind of running running top three at one point, but that was before the pit stop shook out. I think that yeah, possibly is what, running, yeah, that might have been what sort of did for him that maybe could have done with pitting him a bit earlier. Yeah, because I mean, he was he was up with Alonso, and there ended ended up being four places between them. Mm. Mm. It's yeah, Alonso made like, an extra bit of stop though. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's a battle between Alpine and uh, McLaren not to win, like the the battle between them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Al- Alpine have got the disadvantage by being fourth at the moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, they've just they've both teams like one one's hemorrhage points because of reliability, the other one's hemorrhage points because of an Australian. Did it's, did you guys uh, um did you guys discuss the McLaren livery last week for the Asian Grand Prix? No, no. we didn't. No. The um oh this looks good. Oh god, it's sponsored by a crypto company. People are gonna get ripped off for liking it. It's 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 confusing because um 
Zach Brown's job when he came into that team, what, 2018 was it? He, he came mm. in, 2017, 2018. Get sponsors on that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got sponsors on that car, but this Asian liveried um, McLaren kind kind of looks a bit like to me the amount the, the amount of sponsors and the placement of them and the fact that there's so much black on it. It's the modern day equivalent of the ninety nine Williams. See, now <laughs> I might just be really unobservant, yeah. but even though I know they've had a different livery on that car, I haven't actually noticed. It's, yeah, it's very, it's very, pi- it. it's very pixelated. It looks like it hasn't loaded properly. Yeah. Oh, yet. I've seen, mm. I've seen the pictures of it, like when it's still. But yeah, watching the two races, if you'd have, told, if you'd have been like, oh, what do you think of the livery? Didn't notice the difference. Yeah, I think it's it, it's been, it's a different livery, but it's all very much in the same theme, isn't yes. it? Yeah, slightly slightly different colours, a few more squares, and um, yeah, buy crypto. And lose money. Well, it's clearly worked well on me since I noticed so much. And how much crypto have you bought since you've worked it out? Zero. And how much crypto did you own before then? Also zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Aston Martin. Seb in sixth. The um, the highlight of the farewell tour so far, I would say. Yeah. Best drive of the year, wasn't it? Oh, well, yeah. oh far yeah, and away. So. I mean, obviously it's his favourite track, and he did say he'd be open to a one-off comeback if any team needed a driver for a one-off race at Suzuka. Mm. Um, I actually I actually semi-seriously thought he was going to announce his retirement and make this, make this, the, uh, make this the swan song. I and mean, tra- he hasn't done another race yet, so technically he that, still could. Technically that has still been his last race to date. But, you know, there was, there was just... Just a lot of a lot of signs pointing towards oh, is something happening? But remember that time uh, Alonso retired in Canada and sat in the crowd, yeah. and we thought, yeah, oh, yeah. We, oh, is this it? <laughs> I thought that was it, yeah, for Alonso. I thought that's it. That's it. He's retiring, and uh, yeah. I think it was Sean Kelly who put me right, actually. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, most most of Twitter decided that they were going to put me right. Seb fans, I do apologise. I mean, it was meant jokingly. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Never, I haven't seen, I haven't seen my Twitter notifications kick off like that in a long time. You gotta, you, you've gotta fucking fight fire with fire these days with F one Twitter. You, you can't, can't go in there expecting peace and love. You'll get ripped apart. I don't know. The last, the last, the last big tweet I did was when we got. Um, I want to thank Adam Smith for this. The footage of Colton Herter doing a uh, test in McLaren in Portimao. It, it just so happened that. Um, Adam and um, his wife were uh, in Portimao that very weekend. They normally live just outside Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it, trying to go into F1 Twitter at the moment with peace and love is kind of like sending a hippie out to talk to zombies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Can't there's, no, there's no truer comparison. <laughs> no. <laughs> But yeah, far far and away, Seb's best performance of the season. Um, no, Roto finished pretty much. Was it the closest finish it was had fun, so far this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Exciting what was it? Eleven eleven thousandths between him and <sighs> yeah. like Mad Lane yeah. and Alonso. Um, yeah. F one Twitter uh, conspiracy: Alonso backed out in the last corner to give Austin Martin the points because he wants them to finish higher up in the championship for development costs. Because it's his car next year. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. It's very much like that one. <laughs> and it's two fingers up at McLaren if um 
Oh, hang on. No, no, no it does not benefit Alpine. Oh, it does benefit... Well, no, it does... Um, yeah. No, I, don't, I can't say. I can't say. I can't say how that would work. He, surely um, Alonso would want Aston Martin to finish lower in the championship because then they'll get more um, wind tunnel and CFD time. Yeah, we're talking about somebody that watched Drive to Survive twice. <laughs> <laughs> and when has when has Alonso been known for making the great team calls here? <laughs> I mean, it's it's an, it's not his strong suit. Yeah, about as yeah. O- about as often as he makes good career moves. <laughs> <laughs> I did did see somebody post up saying that you know all this twenty twenty two is supposed to bring racing closer together. Only one driver has finished on the podium this season who is not from Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. That's Lando Norris. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And he only did it once. But the racing has been closer. You know the the top the top teams are still the top teams. But there's yeah. no there's no denying that there's been there's been better overall racing. I tell, do you know one of the ways you can tell that there's been better overall racing is the fact that Max Verstappen has destroyed this championship and it hasn't been boring. No, he's won. Is it his twelfth, thirteenth win now? Yeah, Something like that. So he's going to break the record, isn't he? Quite likely, he's got four yeah, races yeah, yeah. to win, like one more race or something to break the record. I think he'll win all four races, to be fair. If nothing goes wrong, right? For I'm, him. I'm noting your predictions down for the remaining four races of the season. <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> hey, doesn't mean hey, just because I think it doesn't mean I'm going to vote for it. Don't remember, don't forget, I do fan fiction when it comes to uh, um, when it comes to predictions. <laughs> When Vettel won his world championship in uh, in Japan and the final race of the year, I think I think that year was Abu Dhabi. Uh, I think he spun out at the first corner and had a damaged car, and mm. then you know struggled struggled to get back to the to the front. That was one of the most interesting Abu Dhabi Grand Prix we've had. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's always more interesting when when somebody's coming through from the back. Um, Same with when Seb won his championship in Brazil as well, when he was tagged on the first corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good race. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, we have to talk about Lance Stroll. Oh, yeah, oh could... great start! Yeah. What a right. start! Yes. Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely blitzed it. I mean, he has he has been handy-ish in the wet before. Yeah, he was it... he was pretty good. He, mm-hmm. I mean, what a start! Mm. Yeah, it was eight cars he overtook or something at the start. Something, something, something ridiculous. Yeah, he's feast or famine, like isn't start. he? In the wet, he's he's either brilliant or in a wall. But very nearly both. Yeah, there's there's very little in between with him. There's never a kind of all rightish drive in the way. It's good yeah. or it's terrible. Yeah, brilliant start. He's in the wall. Uh, no, he, <laughs> he was so close to that wall. Ne- uh, never have I heard well. you sound more like Murray Walker than that moment. <laughs> <laughs> because of the, uh, the, the 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 impression or the fact that it just didn't make any sense. Both. Um, <laughs> Column A, column B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brilliant start. Yeah, Yeah, but fantastic for Lance Stroll, but I don't know, his tyres must have gone off towards the end because he finished behind both McLarens. Yeah, he was getting past um, quite a bit late, Sean. And I think think his tyres sort of dropped off with about six or seven laps to go because he just started... Mm. um, he just started dropping back, and I think they'd, they'd missed the window to bring him in for um, a fresh set. Mm-hmm. When um, 
there would have still been a chance of points. But as we uh, as we discussed earlier, nobody knew exactly how long the race was going to go on. No, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, we didn't know how long the intermediate tyres were going to last until they didn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it might be 13 laps. Oh, it's seven. <laughs> and then Seb goes and gets full um, full race distance out of him, just about. Or what passed for race distance. Yeah, he distance. did. Yeah, he did. But he was Alonso, who was right alongside him, had did, did pit, mm-hmm. what, three, four laps from the end? Yeah. And was f- something ridiculous, like four seconds a lap quicker than everyone. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he was behind Norris when he came out and got past a lot of people, including, I think, Russell, who had changed tyres, possibly, at that point. And I think Russell only had one stop. Was he later? I remember Russell he... being fast. I remember sort of that they, yeah, they pitted Alonso because Russell was catching him anyway. Hmm. It could, could have been that Russell held on to his tyres. We've got Mercedes next anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Russell, eighth, and... Really kicked off at the uh, really kicked off at the pit wall mm, about the way it, that they brought him he? in. Um, the du- the double think... stacks, and he wanted to come in on the next lap because he thought he was going to lose too much time. He was right. Well, the inters were that much quicker that he would have lost that time anyway. Mm. So... Alonso didn't. Alonso did. No, Alonso Alonso made in that game, didn't he? He he overcut I... people by by he... coming in a lap late. No, he pitted twice. That's how he manages to get up to where he was. No, no, yeah, but when he did the, the Alpine didn't double stack. Oh, like, no, uh, yeah, Wait. but so, but when, and when when he he went round a lap lap after, um, Ocon came in. It was a few. And, it was uh, a few laps later. I think they like has they left him out to cover a safety car. Yeah, and didn't because didn't he was it Daniel Ricciardo he jumped. Um. No, it was already ahead of Ricardo. He was, yeah, it was Alonso, no, no. Ricardo, Schumacher in that order. There was some, there was someone he jumped because he, he definitely because they, they was in the lead. They know that well. They, they brought it up on the after his pit stop. They brought it up in the commentary that about um, that that's what Mercedes should have done with Russell. Would it have been For Vettel? Pit stop. Would it have been Vettel at that point? Because I think was he ahead of Vettel before his second? Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, it could, could have been after his second pit stop. Maybe because um, I can't remember now. I've lost track yeah. in my head. Yeah, <laughs> he he was he was in the that last group of um, last group of three that hadn't stopped. Well, him and Ricardo came in at the same time, and then Schumacher stayed out for another couple of laps until he got dropped down to about tenth. But we do have uh, Mercedes to talk about before Alpine. Yes. yes. Um. So yeah, Rus- Russell complained that they should have kept him out for um, for the extra lap or laps and um he's getting he's getting a bit uh getting a bit salty over the radio is george isn't he i've he noticed that as well yeah i don't hate that as such i think you need a bit I, of a, you need a bit of sort of that edge about you i think don't yeah. you yeah i think you have to especially when you're lewis hamilton's teammate mm. yeah you, you can't you can't be the nice guy all the time no mm. you, you you either grow that or you become valtteri bottas yes <laughs> yeah, one one yeah. thing I've noticed because obviously I've got I have F one alerts on my phone, as I'm sure most of us do. I was going to say that does not make you special. No, <laughs> Unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, thanks to Google's <laughs> algorithm, and I don't know why it keeps sending Daily Express F one alerts. Ooh, and 
every couple of days it's George Russell in crisis talks with Mercedes. And I thought, I just don't even want to look no, at this. That sounds like do you know, shite. Do you know what the shit thing is? The Express back in the like mid 2000s was the best paper to read for Formula One. It was it was the only reason I get the Express was to read the Formula One bits because you know when, when not to read the articles of crying about Princess Diana some twenty. <laughs> no, years. Oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on! I've just twigged why the Express have got such a downer on Mercedes. Why? What brand the Queen of... is dead? No, what make of car was Diana oh, sorry, in? Hang on. What make of car was Diana in? <laughs> <laughs> the Daily X Princess strikes back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just a shame. Though. It, it, it's the clickbait ad articles, aren't they? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's shit. I mean, they're completely missing the point with me because it's like, um, yeah, F1 alerts, Express, Express, Autosport. I'll go for Autosport. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean the motoring journalists? <laughs> they're <laughs> the ones. You know, I'm 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 sure that there are competent F1 journalists at the Express who are having Absolutely. having their words mangled by sub editors. Unfortunately, they're like writing cooking articles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, it's good to, it's good to hear the salty George radio messages. Although, how long before he complains that he's always on the radio again? Yeah, again, I mean, we, we used to say this before, didn't we, with uh, Jensen Button and the no grip thing. You do always have to think to yourself, how much of this is um, like creative editing on the like on the side of the like the TV directors? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So fuck, I don't know, but um, I mean, I, don't, I know what you mean though. Like, there's, I, I wonder whether it's. Um, like Mercedes, Mercedes looked for like a hot minute, like they were gonna be, um, that they were gonna come good. You know, they were something was gonna happen with that car. But uh, they seem to have fallen, don't they? If they've fallen back into the pack a little bit, so I wonder how much of that's kind of some frustration. Yeah, I mean, even as even as late as uh, Friday, it looked like they were gonna come good with that car. Well, this was supposed to be it, wasn't it? it was supposed to be here in Austin was the was the I mean coming out of the um, out of the Brazil, season break and yeah no yeah. Austin Austin like the pundits were saying it was a good chance for um, Mercedes to well I mean coming out like coming out of summer break and into these races was that that's the best chance of the win if there's going to be one. I mean you can clearly see now there is absolutely no chance without. Without huge shenanigans mm. yeah. of a Mercedes winning a race this year. Yeah, it doesn't appear to be, does it? Um, there's been a few false dawns for Mercedes. And allegedly they still don't know what um, what route they're going down for 23, whether they switch to the the philosophy that everybody else has gone with high side pods or they keep their really low floor pod, which is what they've gone for this year. The deflated garlic. Um, See, that in itself yeah. is quite alarming, isn't it? Because whichever one they do, there's a lot of work to do. If they haven't decided yet, it's going to be a problem. This, what's the, uh, the, there's a team manager's name, not Ron Meadows, I can't remember his name, but somebody has said uh, to the press this weekend, so, so we, we, we've unlocked it, we know what the problem is now, Um how many times have we heard this throughout the season? Mm. We've un we've unlocked it. We know what the problem is now. We know how to fix it for next year's car. We just have to decide what direction we take next year's car. 
That just says to me like they haven't solved it. No, that does not fill me with confidence. I mean, you can know what a problem is and not know mm-hmm. how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing what the problem is and knowing how to fix it, but not knowing how to go about fixing it. Hmm. Yeah, that that's a problem. You know, they can, they can do one of two things, but we don't know which is the right one to do. Well, in that case, do you fully understand the problem then? Hmm. Or is it a case of, yeah, we know what the problem is, but putting the fix in is going to lead to more problems in other areas that we'll need to sort. I mean, to quote Paddy Lowe, it's very complicated to make an F1 car these days. Facts. Excellent. Very good. Yes, well done, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Alpine. Um, fantastic fourth place for Ocon. Yeah. Yeah, what a drive. Yeah, and I what think re- you really, really had to defend, didn't he, against Lewis towards the end? It was yeah. Some good stuff I mean, he, from, uh, from Ocon. He had better better straight line speed. I think Mercedes mm-hmm. were running a little bit extra downforce, expecting mm-hmm. to have to use it in the wet, but everybody else just had the grip anyway. So he was getting close to all the corners, but then as soon as it came to the straights, Ocon you know, had to have his wits about him and just keep his foot planted to the floor. And yeah, he defended in Japan. So I would say that was a similar performance to what Alonso did in Hungary last year to Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I'd definitely go along with that. I mean one one thing that was uh, one thing that was very clear was um the run up to and from 130R. Just the amount of um, the amount of extra pace that Ocon had once Lewis got out the slip his slipstream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could you could see the distance he was putting um putting between them straight away. I think the bit, the other thing to say there as well is that it's not um I know the Mercedes has been off this year, but it's always very near being better than an Alpine. You know, as mm-hmm. soon as they, especially as soon as they started the porpoise and problem out. So for Ocon to hold back Lewis Hamilton in a albeit off color Mercedes, but still a Mercedes in the wet. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. That's a yeah. That's a performance. It is. He yeah. is particularly good on tires. Ocon, which I think has probably mm-hmm. helped him here, that he's been able to defend hard, but also keep his tyres good enough to have the pace. Yeah. Um, I think interesting. I, Sorry, I, I I just wonder how much um, how much of this, or how much of his up, upturn in form has been like having to have Alonso as a teammate as well, because it's you are you are very much in a sink or swim situation when you have Fernando Alonso as a teammate. I think he's done really well this year, Esteban Ocon. Mm-hmm. I think he's done um, right. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see how he's going to do next year when he's leading that team uh, with Pierre Gasly as his teammate. Mm, I And there is about as much beef between them two as an entire <laughs> Bovril factory. I think it's a proper misstep for Alpine to be left with those two drivers. In what respect? They have got a team of very comp- competent num- number two drivers. They are uh, both unproven as team leaders, aren't they? Which is yeah. The, I, the thing messy. is, though, you've you've got to start as a team leader somewhere. Yeah. yeah, like yeah Norris uh, is leading McLaren now, and he was unproven as a team leader. So no, no, but that's the thing. I think you could see it. I think I think you could see in Lando that there was Ocon's you know Ocon's been around a bit, Gasly's been around a bit. Um, Ocon think, has more points in the championship than Alonso at the moment, so he is actually leading the team this year. 
Oh, I mean, you can say you can say numbers, but we we, we know Alonso's issues. You know, especially especially in the uh, retirements this year. Um, yeah, I I just don't see. It. I to me, it, it's like the Alpine is supposed to be a works team, and it's they're fielding a Force India lineup. Uh, you know, if you if you want, to who, take... who else would you put in that in that car? If it was if I was Alpine, I'd have took Daniel Ricciardo back for a year. No, if you were Alpine, you wouldn't have let Alonso go in the first place. No, no, absolutely not. I think that that was fucking that it was ridiculous. That the Alpine's problem has been and don't get me wrong, Ocon did a great job this weekend, and he's a decent Formula One driver. Um, Alpine's issue was signing Ocon too long too soon because they they nailed him into this massively long well, i don't know con- i think he's he's probably going to end up being the team leader yeah um, but and he, he is anyway and that's probably what they were thinking when they signed him up so what well, what would you have preferred would you prefer it right now would you prefer ocon and gasly or fernando alonso and Ox- oscar piastri um probably piastri and alonso given the choice yeah well, you see, you've got you've got two things there. You've got a young driver, which you can see what's going to do in the future. We can you can kind of see where Gasly and Ocon's ceilings are going to be. Um, Alonso, the, the problem is we, we we don't know where Gasly's ceiling is because he went to Red Bull, a car that really didn't work for him because mm-hmm. he was driving a car that was suited for Max Verstappen. He got booted back down to AlphaTauri, and then he's been doing really well again. And he, now he's been able to break out of the the Red Bull meat grinder and will drive for, despite the fact he was already contracted to drive for uh, AlphaTauri next year. Yeah. And uh, he's he's going to be able to, a bit of a fucking cliche thing to say, he's going to be able to spread his wings at, uh, at Alpine and be Pierre Gasly, not, not... Do you see him as a future world champion? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. In... It's difficult to say. What, what the, do we right think car? of those two, the Gasly and Ocon, from like a driving style point of view, because we were just talking about Ocon being sort of you know, good on tyres. When he was at Force India, he was with someone else who was very good on tyres, and that mm. car worked well for both of them. Whereas yeah. I don't think of Gasly as being someone who is gentle on the tyres. I think of him as being a bit more ragged. Yeah. Uh, if you've got two drivers who are very different, one of them at least is on for a bad year. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what we've got actually. Now you, now you mentioned that they are quite different drivers, so one of them is likely to have a poor twenty-three. Yeah, or, or both of them if they end up coming up with a car that's a compromise for um, both their styles and it doesn't really yeah, suit either hundred percent. Mm. Just want, just want to interject here. Just thinking back to something, uh, something that I said when Renault, as was, signed Ocon to this mammoth deal. And I think I seem to recall myself saying, I wonder if they're doing this out of pure continuity reasons, just in case Alonso throws an Alonso and buggers off. Yeah, but you're almost right. But the thing is, Alonso didn't throw an Alonso. Alpine fucking dropped it. Alpine completely dropped the ball, didn't fucking appreciate what they had as far as Alonso in in the team goes, and didn't didn't even consider the fact that their 
the guy which they had hanging around to fill the seat would move on and go somewhere else because they'd dropped that ball as well. I mean, the... Al- Alpine's contract department is staffed entirely by Lego figures. Mm-hmm. They've generally See, regardless not... of. Sorry, go on. I was say, they've generally not done well with the contracts anyway. The last few years, have they? And that they Ocon, the seat that Ocon got probably was penciled in for Hubert. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know how that played out. So they get in Ocon, they have to give him a longer deal, at which point Guan Yu Zhou ends up buggering off somewhere else because he came through mm-hmm. their academy and they didn't yeah. have a seat for him. Then they obviously you know, lose a year of Piastri, at which point he's gone, well, I see two drivers that are going to be around next year, so I'm going to go somewhere else. And don't forget, in the meantime, they managed to lose Jack Aitken as well. Lost Jack Aitken as well. Mm-hmm. They've then... Alonso has left and they've not even realised that Piastri has been so neglected that he's gone as well. And now they've got what Jack Doohan, I think, is their next best offering. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, th- I think they've just... You, you could see there was an... Um, the, the, did you hear Otmar? Otmar is fine, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then, uh... <laughs> to be fair, I don't, I don't think you're going to be talking about Otmar Smith. No, I know exactly yeah. who you mean when you say Otmar. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, when he was asked about his driver lineup, he um, he said, "Well, we've got two. We've got drivers with speed and uh, uh, with speed, youth, and experience, and the alternatives didn't have that." And you go, "What? Like, what a fucking..." underhanded fucking jibe to do about you you were willing to make take mclaren to court for mm-hmm. the youth part <laughs> of that of that thing that you now don't don't think is any good and uh fair 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 enough alonso is the oldest guy on the track still one of the best drivers in the world so it just came across as like for otmar's always come across as maybe one of the slightly somber but um approachable level yeah i mean don't don't forget alonso's don't forget alonso's rubbing it in even further by going to the team that have not long been in no but <laughs> alonso didn't go they fucked it like there, there is yeah. no i, I assume aston martin approached him and he was like well yeah. i've got a better offer here fuck it i'm off yeah the the if all all it would have took was alpine to give him a two-year deal i think that's all it would have took for fernando alonso was uh he would have rather a two-year deal with alpine than a one-year deal, and the other the 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 kick in the teeth there was as well is they were offering him less money for a year than they were giving Ocon, and it I, that does if you if you're going for fucking driver caliber and what that guy can actually give to you, uh, give to you back if you give him a car which doesn't blow up every race, um, that does not work. If you can hear a bell in the background at the moment, Dizzy's background, got a Background? It sounds like Santa Claus has just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how you're spelling claws. Yes. Yes. D- Dizzy's found a, a cat toy feather with a, bo- uh, with a bell on the end. It's taking great pleasure in absolutely nailing it. <laughs> mm. um, so Alonso's performance in the race. Yeah, um, fairly decent. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he definitely, Alpine, definitely Alpine made, did well. made the most of that second set of tyres. Yeah. Just like you say, came, uh, came out from his second stop in about 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, worked his way back up to 7th and was um, just, o- just over a hundredth of a second away from uh, getting 6th. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he was right alongside Vettel and was actually ahead at one point, but the Aston Martin just had a little bit more straight line speed, which is mm. strange because Mercedes powered cars don't seem to have a lot of straight line speed at the moment. Um, but yeah. Um, is it the worst engine on the grid? Uh, I yes, mean, they're all, the they're all, yeah, they're all pretty even, aren't they? You know, it, mm. it can only be a few, a few KPH here and there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens next year as to how far Honda are ahead. Now, so having walked away from Formula One, developed the power unit whilst they're not in Formula One and then rejoining Formula One again. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the, uh, well, we asked for an engine freeze and we've frozen our engine. It's just a different frozen engine to the one we had last year. Um, frozen two, let it go even harder. Oh, we can't. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there was like the guy that had to like make the call to pull, uh, like the, the, whoever it was on the, like the board spoke to one person, like said, yeah, we're pulling out Formula One. So we had to go. He told everybody, he went through all that shit of like, yeah, well, we know it's stupid, but they want to pull out and stuff like that. Do you think when he went to the board and then they found out how well Honda did last year because they weren't paying attention, they then bollocked him for them <laughs> pulling them out of Formula One? Potentially. It sounds like a slightly Honda way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Honda will always be an enigma in F1. How they can get things so right and so wrong within minutes of each other. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. We've got, we've got the most it. powerful engine on the grid. We're leaving. We're not leaving. Are we powerful? If we're shit next year, we're going. Oh, we're staying. If Honda paid Red Bull's catering bill, would it count towards the salary cap? Power uh, power units don't count as, as part of the... There you go. That's the answer to no, all of Red of Bull's thing, problems. Get Honda to pay for the food. Yeah. It's a funny thing. that They've kind of had... <sighs> They've been involved in two world championship wins in recent memory and kind of not got any credit for either of them. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the, the it was all Honda money that went into the building of the Braun. Yeah. And it was, when you think of like the horrible fucking earth car and stuff like that, it was, back then, it engine power was never Honda's problem. Yeah, it was, it was the car that was letting that car down. So you've got to think that that Braun would have probably still been handy enough to win that championship with a Honda engine in the back of it. How different that would have been if it would have, if Honda would have still been in then. Yeah, I mean, of course, Honda's exit in the last race before then, it was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> in the pit lane. After, no, after the race. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was. Uh, right, we'll do the, uh, do the top two teams as usual. We'll talk about science first because he, um, he had the shortest. Of all races, yes. <laughs> um, start was nothing bad, nothing spectacular, nice and solid. Unfortunately, his grip levels weren't. Oh, that's one thing we didn't yeah. mention about Vettel. Um, was running last before the safety car because he spun out on turn one. He because, got a helping yeah, hand, didn't he? He got well, he got nudged by Alonso because Alonso couldn't see him because mm. of too much spray, and Vettel had two wheels on the grass as well. So they crossed the start line together and the finish line. Yes. <laughs> but, yep, yeah, science just hit the brakes and all the grip just went, yep, yeah, see ya, I'm on, I'm, I'm on top of the water now, I'm a boat. I don't think he even hit a brake, did he? He, was, he just hit a river going across the circuit, mm. uh, looking, looking for a bit of extra grip to try and get a bit more traction and just went the wrong... And it was not the there. Wrong, 
No, there was no traction where he went, and he just went <laughs> sideways and then into the into that barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, very I mean, lucky I, iron- ironically, anyone. Ironically, some of the barriers went further on the track than he did. Hmm. Yes, when Pierre Gasly even even, that bef- even before Gasly hit that one. I think there's going to be look, there's going to be uh, an inquiry into how those um, how those barriers actually came away from the wall because that's not meant to happen. Yeah, it wasn't the hardest hit we've ever seen. No, into a no. wall. No, what I mean, okay, they might be tethered, but yeah, they they did snap. Mm. But even still, you know, are they not tethered enough to? They shouldn't be moving on. after that amount <laughs> no. of of shunting. Yeah, no, no, not really. But especially yeah. not coming back out into the circuit. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, shame, shame for science because um, he's been looking okay, but it's just another um, another early exit for him. Mm. It's not. It's not. It's not come to him this year, has it? No. No, it hasn't. No, he's just been. I don't. Participating. No, he said after qualifying that you know. He said that he said after qualifying that's like the fourth time this season I've been half a tenth off pole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said, you know, I know, I know where I can find this extra half a tenth. It's just, you know, well then do the it, lap. Carlos. Well, yeah. no, well, uh, you know, that's, that, that's the lap, and the, you know, the, that's the lap you've got to you 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 qualified with. Um, you, you, even if you're on pole, you're, I'm sure the, the the guy on pole's probably like, yeah, probably could have gone a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the worrying but, thing about him is being race pace though. Yeah, I mean Leclerc and Verstappen, even you know, they disappeared, didn't they? Not for the mm. first time this season. You know, the, those two just vanished off into the distance completely and left um, Perez and Sainz and everybody else behind, just li- literally seconds behind. Mm. Verstappen's winning margin was like twenty-eight seconds in twenty-eight it, laps. It was obscene. Like yeah, I mean, I think about five laps into the restart, it was already seven seconds ahead, and Leclerc was seven seconds ahead of Perez. Because mm, he, he wanted to do like an extra pit stop, didn't he, at one point, because he had it. Yeah. Yeah, mo- moving on to Leclerc. Now, this is this is one where you've got to, you've got to look at stewarding decisions and the time taken over recent races. The stewards were very quick to give him the penalty. And the inconsistency there is, well, what about the two hours it took to confirm um, Perez as the winner in Singapore? I, I, I guess in this instance, it was simple, wasn't it? It was very obvious. He went off the track. He blatantly did not get that disadvantage. Yeah. I don't think there was much arguing to be done over that one. Yeah, I also don't think he helped himself by um, sort of squeezing, um, squeezing Perez after he rejoined. No, and I think I think that's what sort of pushed the stewards towards mm-hmm. that decision. Yeah, I don't think they I, needed to hear from it's both the right drivers. decision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it he, was definitely the right decision. It was the right decision in both cases, but it's it's just very odd when the stewards can take time for one decision like that and not for another. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that leaving leaving the track and gaining the lasting advantage was pretty obvious, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I mean, as soon as soon as he as soon as he did it between then and crossing the finish line, it's like he's going to lose that place. You know, I was I was convinced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I was the same. As soon as they said that, oh, you're going to have that. It's been noted. I was like, yeah, they'll put it under investigation, and then after the race, he'll get the penalty. Um, and then be- I think it was more a case before, of all, wasn't it? Yeah, please do it before the podium. Yeah, it was. It, well, it was as the interviews were taking place. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yeah, so well, it was Johnny Herbert that announced it, it to the it drivers. Was. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot to say, lot to say of importance this weekend. Did uh, good old JH. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Leclerc was definitely um, definitely struggling with the tyres towards the end anyway, because Perez was all over him. And there was a, there was about three or four laps before um, before the last lap and the chicane where I thought Perez was going to get him, but. You could just, it was just the pressure, wasn't it? You could just feel that that mistake was coming yeah. from how close and how constant Perez was. But at least I didn't fuck the tyres up. For once. Not like our recording. It's recording. <laughs> it is recording, I promise you. We just had a technical breakdown. I think... Um, like Ferrari. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we managed to Ferrari ourselves. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think you were talking about Leclerc wanting to stop earlier? Yeah, because Leclerc did want to stop, but they didn't bring him in. Yes, and I think as the recording stopped, I was talking about the fact that because Sainz wasn't still in the race at that point, they didn't have a dummy, so they didn't have someone they could bring in to see whether or not the tyre time was right, and when you've only got the one car left, Mm. you don't want to take that high risk, let's go a lap earlier, in case you ruin your entire day. So it was always going to be the safer thing to wait for the guy in front of you to go first and just follow him in. Mm. And of course, when that doesn't happen, you've got to make the best of a, whatever situation you get left in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you can have a second car to help defend, can't you? Yeah. But obviously, Ferrari didn't have that after mm-hmm. lap half. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, that left Perry's doing, um, doing the wingman's work again, which, on the face of it, is great, but the gap between him and Verstappen. Mm. You know, I was reading an article today, and I think it was Autosport again, saying he's got four races to prove that he can get close to the race pace. Because if there had been a science there, mm. I think you know we might not have been seeing a Red Bull one two. Mm. Um, he's, he's signed up for next year, isn't he, Perez? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a contract. Mm. Yeah, so it's not like he doesn't need to. to oh, you've got to get on the pace, otherwise you're in trouble. No, not really. Just, yeah. as well, his, two, two his, years, wasn't it? Yeah, his his job, contract. his job is to take points off Ferrari, which he did this weekend, and he did Correct. last weekend yeah. when his teammate couldn't yeah. win. He won, Correct. and so that's he's done his job perfectly. Yeah, I yeah. suppose it's also difficult, isn't it? Like, well, there's always that thing of saying, "Oh, well, uh, wouldn't it be great if Perez was closer to." Uh, Max, but if you're Red Bull, and I, I don't get me wrong, I know Christian Horner has said that they'd like him to be closer to Max. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, but it does solve a problem, doesn't it? It does. It does make that internal team management situation very easy because you, d- mm-hmm. you don't have two title contenders. They've gone quiet again. No, I, no I've yeah, clearly no. just stunned them. <laughs> <laughs> Every time there's a silence now, I just worry that we've Panic. broken down again. <laughs> no, I don't. I just I don't think you can put you can put Perez in a situation no. where he's going to challenge Max for race wins because Red Bull know which side their bread's buttered. They know it's Max Verstappen yeah. is their is their golden boy, mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps in Mexico, you know, if things are going their way, they might be like, "Oh yeah, Perez is going to win this race. Max, you need to uh, come in for another pit stop." Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, the t- the, broken. Yeah, the the title's done now, and the constructors is all but done. I think the only issue Perez would have with the dream of the Mexico win is Max breaking the win record. Also, Max is ridiculous in Mexico. Yes, That's yeah. Also, an issue for Perez. <laughs> yeah. 
but then move, moving on to Max, um, I mean that that is the kind of performance that would clinch a world championship. Yeah, and if he if it he'd is. known if he'd known he was world champion when um, <laughs> when he finished the race, then you know that it, that was a, that was a great way to do it, just driving off into the distance and destroying the competition. Mm. It's the best way to do it, isn't it? At the same time, as much as we complained before about how fucky the decision was when um, the FIA was like, oh, yeah, you are actually champion. Johnny Herbert, do you want to tell him? Um, the it, it was a champion's right. There's nobody else this season who deserves a championship. Ferrari don't deserve it because they got things wrong consistently. It's the only thing they have got wrong. They have got right is that they get things wrong. Um, Mercedes yeah. weren't even close Mer- with the car. No, Mercedes haven't been close enough. The only person who desi- who deserves this year's World Championship is Max Verstappen. You can't you you can't look past the guy. You know for mm. for this year's championship. Controversial last year, yeah, okay, fine. I mean, he still deserved to win it because he was in the fight right up until the very last minute. But he, um, oh, sorry, I just realised I've just just broken my own Twitter there, haven't I? Um, <laughs> he, you know, he's been in a class of one for most of this year, and he's rightfully deserving the the, the championship. You know, he is out there on his own. Yeah, I mean the fastest driver and the fastest car. Um, it 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 was his to lose. I think we sort of realised that from about France onwards. Well, Ferrari put up a fight early season, didn't they? But mm. it's since since probably I would say probably even before France, it's just looked like was it Miami? For... Did Leclerc shove it in a wall in Miami? I think that might be yeah, the point where we're like, yeah, he's not quite. He, all did, there. he definitely put it in a wall in France, but mm. yeah. Um, oh, there was Imola as well, where he... Uh... Imola was quite early on, though, wasn't it, still? Mm. Although I think that's when Lee wrote him off. <laughs> <laughs> He's not denying it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been... It's been Max's... You know, Max has had one hand on that uh, on that title all season. And rightfully so, you know... You... He's... I won't say he's been 100% faultless this year... But it's been one of the most dominating seasons that we've um, that we've seen from um, from any driver. Yeah, pretty much. And, it's kind of, and as I said before, you can't argue with the numbers. No. Uh, if he breaks if he breaks a record for the amount of wins, yes, okay, we've had more races this year than we have in those other seasons where that record was you know broken and equaled. But take the opportunities that come your way. You've got to and. It's a phenomenal season, a phenomenal performance from from Max Verstappen. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's insane the the level of performance that Red Bull and Max have got at the moment. Um, we thought maybe the flex floor mid season might might hold them back. It made them stronger. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's... off they go, Red Bull. Um, yeah, there's a little bit about this 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 cost cap thing. I don't think much is going to come of that. If I'm perfectly honest. Um, if they've broken the cost cap by like twenty million, then yeah, you'd have a real argument that oh, hang on a second, that's that's a clear overspend. It's like a couple of million dollars by the sounds of things, and at the moment they're blaming it on catering. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll it, it, it sounds like something they're gonna pay an accountant out of and a different account to make go away. 
Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or some, something along those lines. It's not going to be. It's not going to drag on for no. ages and ages and ages. Um, worst case scenario, maybe they get some team points deducted from last year's championship. Uh, that doesn't matter because they finished second anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I, it's it's hard to see where it goes from here, isn't it? Really, the rest of this season and probably into next year is is looking like super max all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're you know we're into the we're into the second generation of um, multiple Red Bull wins. Yeah, it is it is the Verstappen era now. I think mm. until until someone comes with something more adventurous. Do you think it has to be a um, a Mercedes? Possibly. I mean, Ferrari. I Ferrari have not shown a consistent threat, have they? they every, they've brought a fast car, and they don't know what the fuck to do with it. Every time Ferrari have been close since two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, they haven't been. No. No, but I don't. Again, I, obviously, it's 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 that 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 part of the show where Lee likes to bag on <laughs> um, Leclerc a little bit. It's not just Ferrari, is it? You know, the mm. the, the it takes two people to fuck this championship up. Uh, in a red car, and Leclerc is definitely the other half of the fucking up. Yeah, he's made mm. mistakes. Ferrari have made awful mistakes. Uh, Carlos Sainz has made mistakes. It's why Ferrari aren't aren't quite there yet. Um, just to let you know, Paul, I can hear that echo again. You might want to check that the app hasn't kicked in. I can't hear that anything. No, it seems to be working fine. Good. Joys of, joys of technical difficulty. <laughs> oh, wait, is it a Ferrari app? It might be. It's still. Re- oh God! It's gone red on the screen. Yeah, it could be. It's still recording. We're still working fine. That's fine. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes are probably. I don't know. Uh, it depends with the philosophy of their car. Like early doors, they were saying that they believed that this, g- given the the restrictions that would be placed on teams for twenty three and even going into twenty four, uh, the guys who were going with the high side pods might find themselves a little bit restricted with what they can do aero wise, whereas whereas Mercedes could unlock even further potential past that. Mm. Um, so they were thinking long-term. That could honestly just be spin um, to make it sound like, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. Um, we'll just have to see how Mercedes, what Mercedes do for next year. Four races left this year. Um, I think Brazil maybe might be the only other chance of a, of, of a Mercedes win, but not if Red Bull are on the pace they're on at the moment. No one's going to stop them. Mm. Uh, there was an interesting thing. I can't remember what, where where it was. I heard this. Um, I I can't even remember who was talking about. It. I know it was either it was either the race or someone else somewhere else. But it, it 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 was reputable people anyway. I think it might have been the race because um, I think one of them was uh, Morris Hamilton, and uh, they were talking about how the philosophy of the Ferrari car. Was you know at the beginning of the race, people were, like looking at it going. It doesn't you know it looks like two cars bolted together. You know it, it doesn't it, it doesn't look like it's going to work. And then it it hit the track and it was it was a good car. And um, they were saying maybe given the fact that they haven't they don't seem to be able to develop the car, it could be the most Ferrari thing ever that they've built a good car by accident and they don't <laughs> actually know how they've built it. I mean that that would fit in with the Ferrari narrative for this entire season. It would do. I mean, and if, to, to be perfectly honest, though, it's if it wasn't for the fact that it was like I say, it was Morris Hamilton. And it was and I think it might be Andrew Benson that was on then, or so it was. It was somebody else of note. Anyway, I can't, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. 
But it, it was one of those things where it sounded like if it, if it wasn't two people that are so, like deeply embedded in Formula One, you'd go, oh well, it could have easily been like a flippant comment that you know someone on the podcast like us would have made. But for those guys to be saying that about Ferrari, I just thought that's fucking wild. Just the <laughs> the the idea the the idea that they've thought well, maybe they just don't fucking know what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> it would it genuinely makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because we know that car is quick, and yet they seem to just not be able to put it. even a half decent strategy together for it. Yeah. Uh, and like, like they, they, they've sort of fell backwards from pace where they had, the, you know, they've had the fastest car mm-hmm. on more than one one occasion. Yeah. What tyres does it go best on? Uh, 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 round one? Four, Some ideally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three tyres if you're Ferrari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking of which, Rockstar's on Wankers time. Um, our mate Wings Triumphant has sent me his usual post-race list. Um, disables doing the thinking but we uh, we will no doubt add to it or take away but he has suggested the Japanese fans for being patient and being so hyped even after yes. all the rain and cold we've already said that just in general yeah, yeah. absolutely Japanese fan. great to see them back in Formula 1 after you know, three years since yeah. the last time yeah. we saw them um, but yeah fantastic for Formula 1 to be back in Japan the only reason I'd ever go to Japan I think to be perfectly honest um, yeah I think I think so me too Although I'd probably spend an absolute fortune buying albums over there because Japanese albums always have extra tracks on. It'd just be dead mm. weird not getting up at five o'clock to go and watch the race. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you could go to Japan and stay on European time. That'd be pointless. No, no. that does not sound reasonable. No, give that a miss. Um, what else have we got? Max, obviously, for an utterly dominant drive, and, and he's put this in caps two times world champion. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Perez and Alonso for hounding down the field in the closing laps. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pe- Perez, I mean, Alonso pitted. Uh, Perez was like, what, eight seconds behind Leclerc at some point? So, yep, he yeah. gets that. Um, Ocon for an incredible defensive drive against Hamilton. Yep. Yep. Uh, Latifi for getting up to 20th place in a 20-driver championship. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Vettel from his spin to P6. Yep. Yep. Um, every driver who called out the FIA for the horrible tractor placement. Uh... Yes. Yeah. But we again, like Lee said before, we don't know if it's the FIA or if the guy just decided to go by himself. Communication is the is the key here, uh, and it's procedural more than anything. It needs to be like we said. Somebody needs to be able to, from race control needs to be able to speak directly to all of the drivers at the same time. Yeah, and um, one thing that uh, one thing that we didn't talk about on the Rockstar column, Liberty for trying to communicate to us through graphics the entire time that, yes, full points were actually getting awarded. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fair point. The problem oh, no, is, I, think, I think the problem is we just saw that and went, well, they've got that wrong because yeah, that's I, usually yeah. how these things go. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody yeah. made a joke about, oh yeah, it's full points. Yeah, first name, last name is going to score 25. <laughs> I, I like the yeah. fact that it's like some sort of American TV show where all of the all, all communications from coming from Formula One must come in the form of a question. <laughs> Red Max flag. Verstappen is within. I'm surprised we didn't get an AWS striking distance of the World Championship in two laps time. <laughs> Battle forecast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wankers list. Whoever gave the signal to release the tractor on the track before it was safe. 
Yeah, yeah. I think just the whole tractor the situation. The whole tractor yeah. scenario. Um, he said tractor that, gate. Yeah. yeah. He said every race commentator around the world for playing a game of telephone and echoing that it was half points when Liberty's graphics kept saying otherwise. I'm going to dispute that one. I am going to say, um, why didn't it get pointed out um, to, to the producers, mm-hmm. the producers yeah. that it was going to be full points? Even yeah. um, even F1 TV thought it was going to be half points. Yeah. I think communication in general on the wanker list this week. The tractor communication, points communication, throw a lot of it on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the weather, for getting in the way of the return to Japan. Yeah, it would have uh, been nice to have a full race. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. tricky, isn't it? Because weather does always spice it up a bit. But also, yeah, you want a few more than 28 laps. Yeah. It, it, do you know what I know? I know this is kind of beating the the same drum that we beat like an hour ago, uh, but it's just just because of what you said there. It made me think: isn't it shit waking up and seeing wet race? You know, the tracks raining, and instead of going "ooh, wet race," you go "ooh, is there going to be any racing?" Mm. It's yeah. just shit. You, you want to, yeah, you want a, a little bit of weather can be a rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's got the potential. Uh, another another nomination from uh, Victory Five: Wanker to Pirelli or the FIA or whoever's responsible for another egregious weather delay. We need to be able to race in the wet. Make better tyres that fix the spray issue next year. Yes. Well, I don't know that it's the tyres' fault. It's the car, isn't it, and the aero and everything else. It's the way they build the cars at the moment. So it's everything, so. is what 50, you're saying. 50, there. Yeah. That's what Mario, Mario Azola was saying, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, we've, been, we've been asked to design a tyre that gets rid of the water. That's the wet. We've mm. been asked to put a tyre on, the, you know, for conditions that are less than dry. That's the inters. Uh, the fact that they just, the fact that they work a lot better in wet conditions and are a lot faster is just coincidence. Um, yeah. We mean, haven't been asked to do anything different than what we've been asked to do. But that's the, the tyre guy's going to say that, though, isn't he? Yeah. Well, we're, yeah, we're, exactly. We're, we're, exactly we're, what we're, yeah. No, but we've always had wets and inters. Mm. I suppose that is, is the thing. Maybe, yeah, Pirelli and F1 probably do need to have that conversation. Is this really what you want from a wet tyre? Yeah, F1 give them the instructions. They go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've done it wrong. Stop telling mm. us what you don't want. Tell us what you do. Do you think it's the, do you think it's the lack of a tyre battle? You know, because that that makes it makes whatever tire you do, and it, the, I, I'm not I, I'm not massively into a, another tire war mm. because it, it's when you when you end up with like one tire which is good for Ferrari and everybody else who's on it is screwed. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's not ideal, uh, or one that's vastly superior. You know, it's like oh my god, the Mercedes is a really good car, but unfortunately, it's got Brits Bridgestones and they're fucking pieces of wood. Mm. Um, but the the fact is that if you've got a tire war, it doesn't matter whether it's your soft, medium, or inter. You have to make your that tire the best tire you can possibly make, or you're going to get shown up by a rival company. Michelin, anyone? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Mm. I've got another Rockstar nomination. Oh, kind of related to the race, but kind of not. Monday news. Yeah, we like, yeah, right, we like news that. coming out in time. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And another one for Wanker. Anything that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what it is. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, we've got done two hours and ten minutes, um, not including the gap that we had for the um, absolute technical, technical fuck up, interlude. That, our, our little red flag so in con- the middle. So, congratulations to Carlos Sainz for being the twenty twenty one world champion. <laughs> I'm sure the FIA will find a way of making that happen, <laughs> and I'm sure Ferrari will find a way of losing it. Yeah. <laughs> If you want, if you want to get in touch, um, old school email three legs four wheels at gmail dot com uh, at three legs four wheels and all the socials. And if you want to flood our individual twitters, we are at Sean Cowper, at flood twenty one, at a total shunt, and at Pablo one hundred. Um, obviously, if you want to help us out with a pledge and a donation through Patreon, um, get the show a little early as well, and the occasional Patreon non-F1, just us generally talking bollocks show. We'll have to do one of those at some point. Maybe maybe next yeah. week, because we've got a preview. It's only a preview show next week. Yes. Shall we, shall we agree to do a Patreon show now, next we'll week, for our go. patrons? Maybe. It's dependent maybe. on us doing enough to in our social lives that generates content. That's true. Isn't? Hashtag content. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go to patreon.com slash three legs ball wheels and donate from whatever your local version of a quid is upwards. I'm trying to I'm trying to find new descriptions for these and failing miserably. Just give us money, you pricks. <laughs> That's one way of doing it, yeah. It's essentially <laughs> what we're saying here. <laughs> we will be back next week, and it's the start of a double header on next week's preview show, because we have Austin and Mexico, two, two pretty good races. Usually. Usually. Just cursed him, haven't we? Austin's probably my favourite race of the year now. Ooh, it's got a lot to live up to. We will see you next week. All right, bye-bye. bye 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 bye.